All right. Let's boogie. You should have seen by my Your Stuff page, baby. I love Seth MacFarlane. You should have known by my Lois Funko, baby. I speak <laughs> a different jargon. You played dumb while I had some fun. Instead, you said, let's watch Glee or maybe Succession. And though I know all about those shows, I would never consider. Cause me and Pete had so many good memories. And we're still together And I meant Every freaking sweet When I said I watched Stewie I meant I've been watching forever And I'm gonna keep on watching Stew Maybe with my friend Mason too Wanna keep on watching Stu? All right, so there's a little break. So, so just have fun, yeah. you know. Talk, talk amongst yourselves. We'll get back to our get back to our the good shit here in just a second. Yeah. Just listen to that good guitar, though. It's so good. Yeah. In my mind palace, I'm hanging out. Uh, by the punch bowl, just like all right. Shut up! In. Shut the fuck up, real quick. All right, thanks. <laughs> okay, we're not. We're moving, moving forward. Okay. And I meant every freaking sweet when I said I watched Stewie. I meant I've been watching forever, and I'm gonna keep on watching Stew. Maybe with my friend Mason too. Stars hollow. I just wanna keep on watching Stew. Oh, baby, I've gotta keep on watching you. Maybe with my friend Mason too. I don't want a family. I just wanna keep on watching Stew. All right, all right. Champagne's finest. I Ario right. Speedwagon. So, I had a, I had to make a last minute change to to these okay. lyrics because I wanted okay. to not. I didn't want anything to be taken out of context during that song. Not that it ever could be, but uh, what I really wanted to say was, I don't want to fuck. I just want to keep on watching Stu. But I didn't say that. I mean, I just said it, but oh, okay. I didn't say it in the song. So That's how I feel um, when I'm making a big pot of soup 
and <laughs> uh, a, a, a nice a, this, a woman I'm seeing comes up and is like, stop looking at this. I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going to stop. Yeah, I'm going to stop. Up, dude. Yeah. First I'm of all, sorry. first of all, let's be real here. Let's be real. Let's, yeah. let's be real here. Yeah. What's up? No one's coming up behind you while you're making no. some stew. That's not how No, I'm on su- that's I'm I'm on surveillance mode. You know they how they say a watch pot never boils. I just keep my back to that stock pot just like this, you know. Um trying to get this thing to boil faster cuz I'm I have I'm I'm a man with t- with uh, uh simultaneously too much and not enough time on his hands. And I just Amen. want that pot to boil, you know. Yeah, welcome to it's on the list. This is a podcast about watching pots boil, <laughs> fucking not fucking your girlfriend and watching Family Guy instead. I am the host of the show. Yeah, one of the hosts of the show, whether you like it or not. No, Marger. Yeah, funny talking mm-hmm. baby. Uh, mm-hmm. Doctor Jill Biden uh, with mm-hmm. me as always. Mm-hmm. My fuckable husband, Sleepy Joe mm-hmm. Biden. Mason McGuire, the funny talking. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. No, no, no. No, no, no. What were you going to say? I'm sorry. I was just going to ask how everyone was doing today. Is that supposed to be Joe Biden? Yeah, this is what my voice sounds like. (laughs) Sucks. It's awesome. Mason. Yes. How's your Spotify wrapped looking, man? Um, Interesting. Uh, what was my number one song this year? My top artist was St. Vincent, which I can't, you know, makes sense. Uh, usually Spotify is just a St. Vincent listening delivery device for me. Uh, my top song was Candy Stanton's Young Hearts Run Free, because I listened to that a lot in January and February of this year. Um, but I think it's a pretty solid, you know what? There is one song from the show that ended up on the, in my top five. I, don't, I wonder if you can guess it. It's the only song actually f- that we covered from an artist that we covered that made my made my t- my ten even. Um, was it a me pick, you pick, or a guest pick? Noah pick. What the fuck? What the fuck? You uh, might is it be golden... surprised by this. Actually, is it Golden Smog? No, it's not a Golden Smog. It's from earlier. It's from uh, I think the episode we covered this was was in March or April. This is usually what. My you gotta tell me because I have no fucking idea and I don't want to guess. So Would you going. believe that it's Postcards from Hell by the Wood Brothers? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's crazy. You didn't even well, like that is. album that much. That's crazy. I liked that song a whole lot, though. Evidently, um, I was surprised. I listened to a lot. I sometimes my top my Spotify rap does not really cover everything I listen to. I thought that pamphlets by Squid would be in the top fifteen, and it is not. But that's it. What's your What's your Spotify looking like? No, I'll guess it patiently. <laughs> yeah, don't have it in front of me. Um, my number one song of the year was not a joke. It wasn't doctored in any way. Laugh Now, Cry Later by Drake featuring Lil Durk was my number one played <laughs> song of 2021, which is so stupid and so insane. But it's the truth. It's the God's honest truth. How many, listens, how many times did you listen to that, did they say? Like 120 times or something. <laughs> <laughs> it was an anthem, bro. It was a fucking anthem. It still is an anthem. But you know what my second? You know what my second song was, Mason. You might be surprised about this. Any guesses? Guesses? Uh, the Star Spangled Banner. Close. 
that was my second most played song of the year, bro. Isn't that stupid? Isn't that crazy? No, I, the ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it with uh, flute. Yeah, that was my second most played song of the year. <laughs> Mason, I can't believe Hello. I'm about to tell you this, but it's the uh-huh. truth, and I want it out there. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. I can't. Yes, speak your truth. This is embarrassing for me to say, and I'm saying okay. it in front of two great guests, which makes it even mm-hmm. more embarrassing. But I'm going to say it anyway. Mason, last night I was brushing my teeth. Mm-hmm. And a little piece of popcorn fell out of my teeth when I was brushing my teeth. And I I freaked out. <laughs> I just started running around. I was like, what is that doing in there? And then I, and then I, and then I thought for, for one minute of the day and remembered that I saw two movies yesterday and I had popcorn at both. And I was like, that's what that's doing in there. So congrats to me on having a little piece of popcorn stuck in my teeth. Makes sense, actually, when you think about it. Has that ever that happened really to you? That really does explain a lot. Getting popcorn stuck in my teeth? All the Just time. Like, no, no, no. It's... But, like, but like, a, like a chunk. Like, like, a popped, oh, like a chunk? Yeah, like a popped piece of popcorn. No, like a like a like a fluffy cloud, like a popped fluffy cloud of popcorn. Usually, no, I, I can swallow those things. It's like the little the little shards of um of kernel that gets stuck in my teeth. Not I, sp- I, sp- I spit those out in the theater. <laughs> I uh, those little like those little like crusty caps. I just go. I get them at the front of my mouth, and I just go on the person that's sitting in front of you. Yeah, I fly you heads. out. <laughs> I fly yeah. you out every time I go to a movie. Get you the seat right in front of me. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. my truth. I have to speak it. I have to let people know. But Mason. But Noah. Should we introduce these guests? They've been patient. They've been very patient. I, uh, th- yes, please introduce them. And you are not mishearing yourselves, folks. You, that's right. Guests. We got two. They are the hosts of the only podcast dedicated to cracking open the bro cinema canon. You're right. That's correct. It's I versus the big boys. Please welcome Kevin Cookman and Aya Lehman to the show. Wow. Howdy. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> All right. Hey, guys. Noah, what Noah, what two movies uh, did you see? Saw Dune. <laughs> Hell yeah, Dune. brother. Get that right. Dune bill. And, and Dune to you, too. And a Dune to you as well. I was telling my friend who I went to go see the movie with, because it got re-released in IMAX. And when it first came out, I was like... I gotta go. You have to go see it in IMAX. I went to the Mm -hmm. Universal City Walk, AMC, Universal City Walk, top, bottom five places in the world, I think, to be honest. (laughs) Yes, absolutely, definitely. (laughs) One of the worst places. But you gotta go see it in IMAX. I was dead tired when I walked out of there. I felt like I had gotten blown back into my seat. I felt like I had just left the war. Yeah, you took a round trip, to, uh, round a round trip journey to uh, the planet Arrakis. You know, I did. And that's a long you went. journey. You were in that's Dune. A long trip. Yeah, in it the coach like theater it. of the AMC at City Walk. What was the other movie? The other movie, one of my favorite places in LA, of any anywhere in LA. Hot and cold. Okay. Mm. Yes. Well, the IMAX theater at City Walk is incredible, and that's the only reason to go to City Walk, I think, unless you are fucking fiending for Buca de Beppo, because I think that's the only or, place in LA. Or Margaritaville. Or? Let's oh. go, Aya. That's true. That's true. Go. Only Margaritaville. If you're going to Buca de Beppo, you got to go to the Pasadena one. Or the Encino one that one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills decorated a room in. Well, I are wow. you from Los Angeles? Are you from LA? Oh my God! Damn, you may have heard. God damn. 
You may have heard. Um, Born and raised baby. What was number two? Number two, one of my new favorite places in L.A. I live pretty close to it now, so it's actually not a huge pain in the ass to get to. Doxed, 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 doxed. Yeah, I know. I feel fucked up after even saying that a little bit. Especially on the topics of this episode, no more personal information about ourselves (laughs) moving forward. It always says what movie theaters I see movies in, and I'm like, stop telling people where they can possibly see me. Yeah, it's a bad, dangerous game to do a podcast. <laughs> just, yeah. Just Stop no telling the five people who listen to Aya versus the big boys where they could possibly run into Oh, me. shut up. It's eight. It's yeah. eight. Okay, yeah. no, I've interrupted you enough. Where is it? Brain Dead Studios, my friends. Went to Brain Dead Studios last night. That place is unreal. I'm sort of friendly with three of the people who work there now because when I Cute. got my drink... I went into the theater and I drank it and about halfway through the movie I came out and I said, would you be willing to just fill this up with water for me? And the guy looked at me and said, I'll fill it back up with Diet Coke if you really want. And I was like, oh, this man. Elixir of the gods. Yes, 100%. And I'm like, this man either like, also fuck me. Or 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 he's just being a cool guy, you know? Um, it's like the secret code, you know, like in cruising, if you wear like the green bandana in your back pocket, yeah. that means you want someone to piss on your face. If you want you, another you gave them the Diet DC. Coke, wink, 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 wink. And I was like, you can just fill it up with water. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 you naughty boy. So yeah, what movie was it? It was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, New Nightmare, directed by Wes Craven. Hey, wow. wow. Not to get off plugs that are, you know, not related to anything that we got going on on this show, but all month in December, they're doing L.A. movies. Like, that's their theme, is just, like, oh, the so L.A. Fun. movie. That's cool. And I didn't, I'd wanted to see New Nightmare for a while. Freddy is my favorite of sort of the big three when it comes to Jason, Michael Myers, and Freddy. I think Freddy's awesome because he's a fucking potty mouth piece of shit. You know? <laughs> yeah. He's just an asshole. He's just a guy. He's just a guy. So, uh, so I went and saw that. That was awesome. And uh, yeah, can I? I do have a question though for Aya though, just right off the bat. Aya, can I ask you just just you a question, just real quick? But by all means, okay, will I answer TBD? You will. Um, you're doing a podcast <laughs> right now. Yeah, that's not your own podcast. For, with very three true. men. Yes. Count them. Three other men. Unfortunately. Is this the worst day of your life? uh you know uh could be worse could be worse because i like these men these are good ones stop bullshitting you (laughs) that's how you know that's how you know it actually is the worst i'm drinking straight rum i'm gonna have a great time Yeah. yeah there we go that's what I do too. I, that's what I got in this cup right here to get through the. Oh fucking. no! Is that is the, cup that from the last Diet night? Coke cup? Yeah, this is the Diet Coke cup. Let's go! Baby. Oh mm. my god! Wow! Memory. That's so sweet. That is actually yeah. so nice. But Mason, we have an email we got to get to right before we crack into our main topics. Yes, we do. We do. Uh, this came on December fourth. Actually, that was yesterday. Um, uh, it as a reminder, you can email everybody wants to the number two get on the list at gmail.com and we'll read your read your uh, uh, correspondence on the show. Um, so we get this email uh, from someone who wishes to remain anonymous. 
Um, <clears throat> so here we go. I, I believe this is going to be addressed to to everyone in in the chat here, actually. Um, even which is remarkable that this anonymous person yeah. learned that Kevin and Aya were were on the show here. But to, to okay. the email, to the email. So yeah. the anonymous writes, "Hi, Noah and Mason." I listened to your appearance on Aya versus the Big Boys. Holy fucking shit! It was tight as fuck. Yes, wahoo! I loved it. Wahoo! It was a great episode, all things considered. <laughs> it was a great episode, all, all things, things considered. considered. But I feel like my previous okay. question got lost in the shuffle, oh. so I'm going to ask again in a slightly oh. different way. Understood. Dirty son of a Understood. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I saw on Twitter that Kevin tried to slide into Emmy nominee <laughs> Hannah Einbender's DMs in the pre-Hacks days. Which yeah. cast member of Hacks have you cranked it to recently? Don't be shy. I'll go first. Gene Smart. I got smart to Gene Smart. Also, have you seen the 2008 film Get Smart? I remember it being funny. Don't know if it would survive the public meat grinder of, quote, cancel culture, unquote, your generation can't stop talking about, but I think it would. I believe in a little thing called grace and forgiveness where I'm from, so even if the jokes fucking stink, I will be laughing all the way to the goddamn bank. That's right. It's me, Alan Arkin from the 2008 film Get Smart. Sincerely, <laughs> Anonymous. So gang, <sighs> yeah. I, I'll start with I'll start with no. Uh, I'll start with Noah. Who who have who from the hey, hacks cast have you cranked it to recently? Gene Smart. I answered <laughs> this question last Gene time. Smart. I'm the only person to answer the question. Pretty sufficient last time. time. Yeah, Gene Smart. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah, cool yeah. that Alan Arkin listens to the show, even though he yeah. said who it was and then wanted to remain anonymous at the end. I thought that was I thought that was cool. That is him. a major get for you guys. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a legend. He is, a he is a legend. Yeah, I hope yeah. that Adam Arkin uh, listens to this show too. I, I I like him. I like his hustle. Just shows up every now and then on a TV show or something. Get get him on no, the Adam pod. Arkin Talk hits. about wait until dark. It'll be a good time. Yo, yeah. that's one of my aunt's favorite movies. Never seen it though. Uh, <laughs> Creepy, scary. Kevin, I believe that you're spoken for in this email. But has your <laughs> have your <laughs> Hacks, cranking it, habits changed since this email was sent yesterday or since we were on Aya versus the Big Boys to talk about Silence of the Lambs? Uh, you know, uh, I have the screenshot of the dejected uh, DM nice. uh, on mm. my desktop, uh, ready to just open up whenever I need to look at it. That's insane. Get a nice little humbling. That's so dark, Kevin. <laughs> I treat my dark. desktop like the, uh, like, no, like I, the wall of it. like safari heads in like the life and death of Colonel Blimp. You know, just a bunch yeah. of bygones of my previous successes and failures. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. So, no, I have not cranked bud. recently to that. It's my rosebud. Hannah Einbender's yeah. rejection is my rosebud. That's cool. That's awesome. What, I, about, you, I? what about you? Uh, my answer, I had to Google um, Hacks Show. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and my answer is Poppy Lou. She is um, incredibly hot. There you go. I just want to take a moment to just a to recognize <laughs> the very the very cool email from Anonymous. I thought that was very cool that they took the time to send in an email. You know, really appreciate no, it, the yeah. listen, folks. Yeah. We yeah, appreciate thanks. crossover audiences. That's awesome. we do actually. Yeah, that's what that's what podcasting is all about is is crossing over. Uh, I cranked it to Christopher McDonald. Um, now with that yeah, one spoken for, um, <coughs> yeah, I like hot. what the fuck. Yes. Yes. Sorry. McDonald, <laughs> Poppy Lou. She is very pretty. Yes. I had. To, I also had to look at Hacks Cast because I was only aware of Gene Smart and Hannah Enbender from this 
from our question last time on uh, Aya versus the Big Boys. Uh, but it is a pretty hot cast we got here. Uh, wow. Go HBO Max. Blue. Go HBO Max. Caitlin I will Olsen never watch up. Hacks, and I uh, hope it fails, actually, um, wow. because okay. my nemesis is on the management team of it, and I hope it is the bad show. Sorry. Wow. wow. That wow. is real. I hope that's Gene Smart knows success, real. and that's it. That's, <laughs> that's an incredible... I, uh, that's a... <sighs> Uh, I, are that's you from Los Angeles? Los Angeles. <laughs> Me? <laughs> Damn, bro. To have a nemesis working on an HBO Max <laughs> In the management team. Like, on the management team. Sorry. Some of us Honestly, I feel that. I also have, like, two nemeses, to be honest, but we don't have to get into that. I don't have that many nemeses, but there are a few people in this world who I will stoop to considering a nemesis, and one of them works on hacks, and I hope they suffer. Yeah, HBO Max really wow. hired some pricks. What the fuck was up what with the, that? What's going on? What's going on there? Including no, maybe what's me going on We're going to talk about an album today called <laughs> Dark and Wild <laughs> by BTS. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Long done, baby. Who right. needs a who needs a who needs a segue when you can just ram the conversation into a guardrail? <laughs> William H Macy and Magnolia Energy. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually how I approach all conversations about BTS. Just any conversation with any human is that suddenly it's like, anyways, dark and wild is BTS. This is true. She does do this regularly. Um, regularly. So we invited you both onto the show, and I'm just curious before we actually start talking about both of these things. Was this a mutual decision to bring on both of these things? Did it was a like coming together, put our heads together? Did you say let's do one and then I'll do the other? How did we how did we get here today? Take a guess, Mr. Noah Marger. Well, I know what's going on because I am a genius, but maybe our listeners are not as smart as I am. So how did you tell us? Well- I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I, I'm fire off in just a second, but I just want to give some context for our choices. When you guys asked us for some underrated projects that maybe not a lot of people have heard of, me and I really put, you know, the axe to the grindstone and we came with you with an album by the biggest musical act in the entire world and yeah. a 1990s classic by one of the most highly esteemed American comedians of all time. That's true. So I think we met the assignment. <laughs> I uh, yes. tell us about BTS, please. <laughs> I versus the big boys always understands the assignment. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm fucking saying. Um, so Kevin um listens to good music, and uh, I listen to music for babies. A, a so, crazy thing for um, you to have just said about he me. was. He was kind enough to because okay. Sorry to lift That's the curtain a little away. bit. I was supposed to be on. I was supposed to be on the my favorite <laughs> podcast, yep. as we know. In October, I was unwell. I don't know if there is a my favorite podcast anymore. So I'll talk about that in just a second. <laughs> I thought. So I told Kevin I would love to be able to talk about. I was going to talk about boy bands and BTS, and I would still love to be able to talk yeah, about yeah, boy yeah. bands and BTS. And so Kevin said, "You know what." That's the truth is, we there's not a lot of carryover in what I and I listen to, which is right. fine. That is the magic mm-hmm. of life. It's the beauty of everything. It's the whole context for the podcast yes. that we do. Uh, but when it comes to prompts that are hyper-specific like your guys's, made this decision process a lot more difficult. Some other things that were on the table, we almost gave you the three-and-a-half-hour soundtrack to Persona 5, the video game. Wow. Uh, 
And we also almost went with Joe Pesci's solo album, uh, Little Joey Sings. Oh, I've heard that's actually really good. I would have been so down for that. Well, guess what? Let's talk about fucking K-pop, bitch. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Oh, and this wasn't fun for you? Oh, okay. I see how it is. So so I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe Iowa's maybe the, the... the the one who said maybe we should go for BTS here. I'm gonna. That's what I'm gonna say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's safe. It's that safe. Yes. Okay. Yes. So Aya, yeah. we'll start with you. Yes. Yes. No, Aya. Uh... Okay. Here we go. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. I'm so giddy. I'm, I'm giddy. I, hey, I love that because I'm feeling insane right now. So I need. <laughs> I need. I need someone. I need someone to be happy to be here. Not because of you guys. Not because of you guys. I just feel fucking crazy right now. Heart. No, I'm oh, okay. being insane. I'm wow. being clunky. I've been. <laughs> he put something no. in that diet Ever since I've walked out of Brain Dead for you, do you want me to talk to the guy? I'll ever talk to him for you. Ever since all oh, that's well, what happened at Brain Dead has nothing to do with this. I just like getting fucked in the bathroom there. Um, but ever since nice. I walked out of Dune, Kevin's like, what bathroom specifically? <laughs> Kevin, I'll send you my list of bathrooms to get <laughs> fucked in after the show, in case you're Thanks, looking man. for some new spots. <laughs> Um, ever since I walked out of Dune, I felt insane. And I didn't even like it, like, love it. I was just like, that was a crazy experience. I felt feel changed by having visited Arrakis. I'm like, those okay. blue, I'm like when 2009, when, like, 45-year-old divorcees walked into Avatar and was like, I need to live on Pandora, and I need to, like, be into that for the rest yeah. of my life. <laughs> feel that right now. I'm coming down You still. took the Dune pill. You took, I am so proud of you. You took the motherfucking oh Dune pill, my guy. Yeah, it's, it's it's fine. It's a crazy experience watching it, but the movie is, I don't know, whatever. We're not talking. I don't want to talk about fuck my experience <laughs> fucking watching Dune, a movie everyone else has seen at this point, except maybe Aya. But, Aya, what is your history with BTS? Wait, did you say oh, I haven't no. seen Dune? Did you see it? What are you talking about? I love what a Dune fuck? head. Wait. I thought you were eating bullet to a Rockies. Dude, rules. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? What am I? What am I doing? <laughs> I thought you said earlier you hadn't seen Dune, Dune and you got to see it. No, I just wanted to uh, see it. She does this a IMAX. lot. There's a lot of twist IMAX endings in, in her topics. Got you. All right. <laughs> I I never I never yeah. tell it straight. What you is know? your history with BTS? That is what I'm asking. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Oh god. Okay. Uh. So. <clears throat> Where to begin? Um, you know, a friend tried to get me into them in 2018, but I was too busy and didn't have enough money at the time. And then um, a friend, a different friend got me into them. Uh, my lawfully wedded wife uh, got me into them uh, in 2020 because I had more money and I had way more time. What was going on so, in 2020 um, where you had much more time? Year- I can't really remember. I feel like something <laughs> happened. I mean, like, if you look at, if I, like, go through my okay, photos, sure, I'd probably yeah, be able to yeah. figure it out. Ugh, it was, like, June-ish. Okay. Uh, and so we had a little PowerPoint presentation, and I was like, you know what? Yeah, sure, let me try this out. I, like, they had pitched me um, properly, mm-hmm. you know? To be pitched properly on something you might enjoy is really yeah. the key, I think. And uh, I had a lot of free time. I watched a lot of uh, videos and interviews. And um, honestly, what really got me into them was just knowing how much they enjoy each other's company. And um, it made me emotional Mm -hmm. to uh, imagine hanging out with my friends when I, at the time, I could not hang out with my friends. And I got to live vicariously through BTS. 
who got to constantly hang out with their Good friends. God. Um, so yeah, it's been a year and a half of wow. hell. Nice. And I've loved every second. Kevin, what about you? What's your history with BTS? Uh, well, I would say about a year and a half ago when <laughs> I first started um, shoveling all her money into this venture. Uh, merch aplenty, mm-hmm. uh, all mm-hmm. the out-of-print merch, of course. Uh, all sure. the VPNs needed to watch the Korean concerts live stream. Nice. Uh, there was really not a yes. day where I could uh, escape hearing about this uh, from her. And no. thank, uh. you know, as a true testament to Aya's pitching skills, it wasn't until this episode where I actually listened to uh, one of their albums. <laughs> Very cool. <clears throat> Very good. Cool. Really, yeah. <laughs> all I know about BTS and K-pop in general is that it's like, all right, let's take the absolute most vile parts of the American entertainment industry yeah. and just go all Henry Ford on that pussy. Just go yep. hard in the paint. Let's just completely crank these kids out. Absolutely. Like they're just little meat sticks. And if they mm. don't dance, we'll crack their legs off and give that marrow to the next best dancer. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah. a little hesitant to get into the game, but there are some groups that I do like. You know, I think WJSN is like has a really fun, poppy sound. Uh, there's a couple other like solo acts. I think Blackpink, I understand the appeal. Like I saw a bit of them at Coachella once. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm vibing with this, but this is entertaining. And I think that's the big thing that I kind of will be able to concede is that K-pop is entertaining. I will, I'll give it that all day every okay. day. Uh, okay. Evil, but entertaining. This man watched the whole damn Blackpink Oh, fucking 78 minutes. <laughs> Let's go, Kev. Big ups to you. You're doing Blackpink right now. That's your outfit. Yeah. Uh, Oh my God, oh Kevin's my a blank. God. I'm about to send all your parents' death threats. No. Let's kill no, this No, don't baby. send my parents' death threats, please. Uh, Mason, <clears throat> you have a huge history with BTS, right, that you've always wanted to talk about on the pod? Well, yes, I was in it for uh, three years. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Dude. That's crazy, man. Everyone was wondering what happened yeah, to you, man. Yeah. I was, I was really George Harrison of the group. I was trying to just sing. I was trying to write, isn't it a pity, and pass it off as my own, and they caught wise after a while. Yeah, fuck? I hope we're not ripping off the Band-Aid too hard right now with this. No, it's fine. I, I've Forgiveness is, is uh, I've come to terms with my time there, and I'm practicing forgiveness. Um, but uh, aside from that, I this is also the first time listening listening to consciously a BTS song even as far as I can know. I think like before this I was just like kind of familiar with like like watching other people post like screenshots of like stand wars on Twitter like onto Tumblr and being like look at these fucking assholes, you know. Yeah. Uh and this was maybe 2018, 20, like, kind of 17, I think. And I never would have anticipated that this group would have gotten so big. And then in, I forget what year it is, but if you guys are familiar with the uh, online content creator Todd in the Shadows, he put one of their songs in his top 10 of 2018, I think. And that was, like, what, 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 I what cannot remember. <laughs> what is this man's name? Todd Todd in the the I'm looking it up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. While you're at it, look up some nostalgia critic. I think you'd really like it, Aya. Yes. Yes. Let's look. Yeah. Let's watch some. 
that he's, was um a he's a producer on this school. show so you can't say anything bad about him yeah we oh, can't shit, be too sorry Doug, sorry <laughs> he, he puts up put rob on us oh he, no he puts up all the money for us to be able to come on here and talking about coming into the top level of a toilet he's really yeah, a true yeah. saint uh doug walker <laughs> produced many of his videos in my hometown we don't need to get into it um, that's crazy but, that's fucking yeah, 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 yeah. Christ. i saw him walking down the street once when i was driving around it was very strange um, but I hadn't listened to them because like, uh, I hadn't listened to a single BTS song all the way through consciously and was aware of it until this show here. Even like when I would, um, uh, a, a f- my friend Gina, who I met through one of my good friends from college, uh, Korean, uh, national, unfortunately, uh, did not get her visa, exp- uh, renewed. So she's back in the country of Korea. We would drive around sometimes, or I'd be in the car with her, and they would have K-pop playing and, and whatever. And I don't think a single BTS song came in. We went a little deeper into that. Could not recall wow. a single artist there. But um, I guess that about covers it with my history with, with BTS. Noah, Did you dig it? I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I, I'm so curious. Like when you were in the car, like what kind of mood was it? Because I know, like sometimes I'm in a car where it's like a, a genre that I'm just not fucking with at all, nice. and I just have to sit as like a blank statue. Uh, Were you vibing? I was vibing. I was trying to, like, meet the music where it was, you know? Like, it's kind of where I was at. Like, if I'm in the car with somebody, I feel like I get I have a pretty good attitude about being in the car with people because that's where, like, their true tastes shine, I think, you know? Uh, so, um, but I, for the most part, I remember liking it and thinking it was, like, good music and very, very listenable. Um, this is, over, like, also, I think, like, a year or so ago, so I can't remember remember too much on the whole fun genre like kevin said entertaining i just want to say really quick that the song i as i guessed was uh, boy gotcha. with love you're right you're right about that on the best list <laughs> slap all right yeah. no yeah your turn so when we were gonna do the aya versus the big boys episode like aya said i was gonna have aya on my favorite podcast which is a podcast that i did up until a few weeks ago um maybe it'll come back one day probably will but uh i was supposed to be on that show as a little cross promotion she was going to talk about boy bands like she said and she i asked her is there any ones that you want to talk about specifically so that i can do my homework and she said mostly one direction and bts and i was pissed (laughs) and i was so pissed off because i was like fuck that means i have to listen to bts i have to fucking pop my bts cherry on this let's go so I went, yeah, yeah very cool, yeah, very cool. <laughs> yes, Kev, yes! So, oh, this is a visual medium, by the way. <laughs> yeah, everyone loves what just, everyone's going to love what just happened. I wish I took a screenshot of that. Um, so I went for my little walk in my old walking spot where I very severely rolled my ankle one day and didn't think I was going to be able to walk Ooh. back to my car. Not while I was listening to BTS, that was a completely different situation, but... Uh, same walking spot, return to the scene of the crime. Start listening to just the top five on the BTS Spotify just to dip my toes in the water. And I was like, okay, this is not bad. This is all right. Like, I was like, you know what? This is fine. Dynamite is a great pop song. Very catchy, very listenable. The Butter, both the original version and the version they did with Megan the Stallion. Very fun. Very, like, very just danceable. Just like, yeah, I can see the appeal for this for... 
young kids, <laughs> you know, for, for young people. I can see the appeal. I can see the appeal. He's like, I know. He's called it out. Like my gym bops, you know. <laughs> yeah, the new kids five bop and under is just swimming class. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. The mommy and me shit. Uh, and so then I got the stomach flu. We didn't end up doing that episode. I put my podcast on hiatus, so we still haven't recorded that episode. Hopefully one day we can do that and we can expose the world to what is the boy band, just the boy band mess of whatever. No, nah, you're fine. It's, it's all right. Yeah, I don't think it never used to happen. Uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But I listened to this album, obviously. First time I listened to it, I was in my new walking spot. And I was like, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same. It was in my right. new walking spot. And I fucking hated it. I fucking hated listening to this album the first time. I was so pissed. I was just, it's like almost an hour long. It's basically, you know, I've spent my entire walk listening to it more or less. And I was just Mm -hmm. like, you know what? Fuck this, bro. Fuck this album so hard. But something very strange happened in between my first and second listen to it. I was not going to give it another spin. Uh But I was like, you know what? Oh, no. What do I have to lose? I'll just throw it on real quick before the episode starts today, just to sort of have it fresh in my mind. And something happened where I kind of liked some more of the songs way more than I did the first Brainworms. time. Brainworms. Something bad happened. A little bit. Brainworms. I saw the sandworm in Dune. I saw the scary sandworm, and it entered my brain, yes. and it hasn't left. Yes. And now there's some songs. All right, what here we songs? go. What songs? That's the power of Shai Halud, baby. Danger. Love it. Great song. War- yes. Recorded in a garage That's in crazy, Los Angeles. actually. That is fucking nuts. Uh, That's so cool. War of Hormone. Yeah. Love There's it. There's no way. There's no <laughs> fucking way yes! you like that song. I Don't actually did. Lie. Dude, what? I actually did like that song this time around. I, I, the first time I heard it, I was like, this is so yes, shitty. Yes, I'm a bad boy, so I like <laughs> okay, that girl. I just, since yes. I just brought it up, can I re- recite the verse by one Jungkook in uh, a war of hormone. Oh, for you, yes, Kevin. That's fine. Please. Okay. No, remember you like this song. Yeah, I do like this song. <laughs> Here he goes. It keeps catching my eyes. Girls' tummies. Yup. Girls are equations, and we solve it. Yup. I yeah. drip with sweat, yeah. and we don't yeah. know what to do. Yes. Please wear more high heels. Yeah. Heels. I'm I eighteen. I know all that stuff. That girls are the best creatures mm-hmm. in the world. Yes, I'm a bad boy, He's so right. I like bad girl. So, Come on, baby. So, we I are like meant girl. to be. <laughs> Don't know where good. the... Yes. And, did, and I assigned and I assigned <laughs> the chat to watch the music video. I did, did anyone watch the music, music video? video? Yes. yes, I did. Oh, I, I don't remember a single thing that happens in the music video. Yeah, what is... Being honest with you. It, sits, it sits in my soul. I love Worm Hormone. Oh I love Worm Hormone because... BTS got canceled for releasing War of Hormone because it was deemed too sexist. All right. <laughs> and right. so... That's an accomplishment in 2014. That's an accomplishment in 2014 of all times. To like Prophetic. Get- <laughs> and the video, the video is literally just them like walking around a hot girl. And um, now after that, the leader of BTS had like a meltdown and basically now he runs all of their lyrics by feminist scholar that that's he became wild. friends Judith with. Judith Butler goes over all of BTS's lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> he like found a feminist professor in Korea and was like, it's okay. <laughs> and they won't ever perform it again. And 
the best part to me is that the fans love that song so much that we're all like, no, please objectify me. I want to see Warp Hormone live. Yeah, that song is great. (laughs) That song is great. Thank you, Noah. Uh, What are you doing now? Banger. That's a banger to me. My favorite song on the album, Embarrassed. That song I would just listen to outside of the context of this show. I would just listen to that song whenever. That is actually a great song. Love. Love. Uh, What else do I like here? 24-7 Heaven. It's really fucking cheesy, but I did like it. Love that. (laughs) And then the outro. We're making this woman's day. No, we're making this woman's day here. If I heard... If I heard Shubidu Ba Ba Ba, the opening of Twenty Four Seven Heaven, in in public at a concert anywhere, I would I would leave this <laughs> earth. Like it's my dream to see them do Twenty Four Seven Heaven live. They do this thing, so every year they do this thing around like their anniversary, which is in June, where they, and especially during COVID, they just show like basically their YouTube channel for free. Will just like show old concerts. Like you just log on, and they oh, wow. they show the full concert from like different eras. They showed, it's called the Red Bullet Tour. That was the tour for this album. And my friend and I were watching it and like texting each other. It was like 2 a.m. Sure. They showed it at Korea time. So we're just like watching it, texting each other, just like updates about enjoying <laughs> the, the concert that we're not at. Shubidoop, I heard, I heard the beginning of 24-7 Heaven and I like, scream it was two in the morning. I screamed. I, I you couldn't, absolute I couldn't keep it nuisance. In. I oh love that God. song. <laughs> my Noah, the outro is the like my dream song wow. to see BTS do live. I'm obsessed with that outro for some reason. There's like a I have like a list of songs, but for some reason I am and it's just the vocal line, like it's just the singers, like the rappers aren't even on that one, which are like two of my favorite members. Uh but I love Damn. that one so much. It it makes me scream. The, the, I love it. It is so much. crazy that I just fucking hated listening to this the first time and there's something that like some physiological change occurred in my brain chemistry from whatever thursday to now where i'm like Mm -hmm. i guess it's it's time to log on and listen to bts again like there's some like weird subliminal like mk ultra shit happening with this music where it just like activates something in your brain and you're like yes daddy yes it's time to listen it's time to listen to fucking (laughs) bts i guess even their weird debut album dark and wild okay here we go it's catchy there's some catchy songs on this album that's what i'll say well no is there a chance that the subconscious itch is just that maybe you like 2006 justin timberlake and 2013 robin thicke (laughs) Well, I don't like Robin Thicke. I can say that. I can say that with say that with the utmost confidence. Not but a yeah. blurred lines type of guy. My dad, when that song came out, was obsessed with blurred lines. He Oh no. He no. Heard that song. I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna say something. I know that's the thing. Was it, that's though. the thing. Yeah. He heard Blurred Lines. He was heard that song it. on the radio. And he had my me and my sister were in the car. And he said, guys, I heard the most amazing song, and I cannot remember what it's called, and I can't find it anywhere, but it is going to be the song of the summer. And guess what? He was Whoa. right. He was right. He was right. He was right. He called it. In 2013. Is your dad like Lance Bangs? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> my dad, my dad is Blanket Jackson. <laughs> my, the, the, the child of Michael Jackson. Come That's so fucking man. crazy. I can't believe I just said that. I don't know where I pulled that from. The That's word. fucked up. Do um. you know what yeah, that uh, Blanket has, a, when Avengers Endgame came out, he had a YouTube channel where he did oh, an hour-long podcast with Michael Jackson's other older son and their cousins and the uncle, Michael Jackson's brother. And there's an hour-long video 
of the Jacksons talking about Avengers Endgame on opening night. That's insane. That's so crazy. I, 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 gave, I gave your dad a click is what I'm saying. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you for supporting the fam. Uh, I'll do like 2006 Justin Timberlake though. What can I say? That album was it? The album Sexy Back came out Sexy on again, Back. again, again. Who does? Exactly. Who did it it's like it's like perfectly uh, mechanized. Like it is all yeah. the great safest like Samsung commercial uh, songs that you could ever compile. And it's like, all right, let's literally put this into a lab, which they yep. literally have in the South Korean academies where they pump out these bands. And uh, you know. Let's uh, let's make some good poppy music. And, and, I, th- and hey, I think that's what I hated music. about it the first time, Kev, is like I was listening to it and I'm like, this was perfectly designed for me to like it. Like this was perfectly designed yeah. for me to have a positive reaction to it. And because of that, I wanted to hate it. I wanted to be like, fuck this, you know, because it was so like... Yes, on every level, this is supposed to be catchy and this is supposed to be fun. I must and I was not just like, like BTS. God damn. BTS is the mind killer. BTS is the one that, that brings total obliteration. I must face BTS. I will allow it to pass over me and through me. Uh, and then when BTS is gone, I will turn my inner the inner eye in to see its path. And when BTS is gone, only I will remain. Continue. Thank you. That motherfucker read the book. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. All right. Um, Mason, what do you think about this fucking shit? <laughs> I uh, I like it. I like the music. I liked the music the first time I was listening to it um, last night, walking to the music box to see Licorice Pizza in seventy millimeter. The first time they showed it in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, so that's where I listened to it during my walk to get there about an hour before the showtime started so I could get a good seat. I got a good seat. Thank you for asking. Thank you for your concern. Thank and you on guys. my walk there, in like my kind of split up by like waiting for buses and trains and such, um, I was just like, I liked the music. And when I listened, re-listened to the album right before we recorded here, again, I liked the music. I think my... The ones that got the heart on Spotify for me are Danger, uh, Hip Hop yes. File, which is an, an insane song. Hip Hop File so fucking insane. sucks, dude. I hate so that song. So insane. No, it's insane. I love it. Uh, let me know. Uh, embarrassed. Oh, you know what? Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I'm thinking of BTS Cypher Part 3 Killer, not Hip Hop File. BTS that Cypher, Cypher Part 3 psychotic. fucking sucks. That fucking sucks yeah. so bad. I love Cypher 3. I love Cypher 3. I love when he says, uh, 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 August D. And I like, uh, every time. Second grade as well. I don't, second grade really. (laughs) Yes! Yes, This is really the best day of Ireland's life. Uh, here in the Second grade rips it's so, so hard. Every time it comes onto my car, my mood yeah. immediately better. I could yeah. punch through. And a just wall. listening to the album, like that song hits, and I'm like, this is probably my favorite song on the album. And then it goes into the outro, and it's like just such a a change in like the kind of pace and feel of of the music. And like you're yeah. gearing up to be the end, but I'm just like, I just started liking you guys. Why are you kicking me out the door already? Um, it's a really strange, I will agree, but this order is yeah. so strange because, like, the outro goes, is way more in conversation with, like, that yeah. first half. But, like, um, <clears throat> second grade, 24-7 heaven, and look here are, Great, like, yeah. three, like, completely different bangers. And then they're like, no, but remember, we're R&B. And it's like, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> Let's get back and to I, that. I, 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 
I'm sorry, Mason. I didn't mean. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep going. It's okay. Well, I was just gonna say I, I thought it was so curious that they would just you know they they sang mostly in Korean as as a K-pop act. You expect them to do that, but I like like I thought it was so curious how they just sprinkled in some words in English just so that like us. English speakers, uh, uh, us dumb English speakers would like have, for me personally, it was like, okay, there's one word in here that I can latch onto. I also knew a fair amount of like, yeah, uh, uh, like city pop sometimes if I'm really feeling in the mood or like, um, uh, just, just, just stuff, st- songs in languages other than what I can understand. Just cause I like to just, I think that that's what's so cool about music is you can just put some vibrations out there and you can make me feel something or other. Um, and I just thought it was so curious that they just would throw a few English words in there. And it almost like made me feel like more grounded in the song. Almost. I don't think it necessarily, um, but I guess like right now my most, I, I'm just so curious about just like having actually spent, basically two hours of my life of my weekend on BTS. Um, like why just these the guys baby. over just other the fucking K-pop beginning. groups? <laughs> I know. And just the beginning too, but it's just, it's like, I'm just kind of like, what, what do it's, it's of course the machinery of capitalism. It goes without saying, but it's like, what have, what have these guys got well, that are making them so fucking big and perfect? Good question. To me, that's actually a really interesting question, especially that phrasing of like, I understand that it's like a capitalist thing. One, frankly, um, <clears throat> BTS's company, formerly Big Hit, now Hybe, were bankrupt. They were tiny. They were mm. like the smallest company you could imagine. Um, and they scouted out my favorite, uh, RM. Nam June, formerly known as Rot Monster, and um, they okay. <laughs> scout. So they scouted Lucky him guy. out. Guy, all right. <laughs> they scout. They they from like literally underground. Like he participated in like underground rap competitions. Um, in high school. Is he the hip hop file? He and Suga, uh, Yoongi okay. were both. They were competing against each other. Uh, in little uh, truly like underground rap uh, competitions. Um, Enemies to best friends arc. Let's go. Very cute when they were in high school. And so they, and then them and J-Hope, who's like an amazing dancer. And I I, I, I think that I've heard, I don't remember if this is true or not, that he had to like learn how to rap. He's amazing. Uh, and they became like, they were going to just do them as like a hip hop trio, basically. And then mm-hmm. I don't really remember what happened, but they decided to do seven and make them just like a group. Um, Obviously, other groups had had, like, the rap and the, like, vocal combination before. But, like, I think that they were really... Their company, Big Hit, was more passionate about their talent. Like, truly, like, I know that this album is a little mm-hmm. silly. But Namjoon is... And Suga are both, like, amazing producers and writers. So, what to me, what, like... Yeah really draws people to them. First of all, I think is they're like an underdog act. Like I kind of talked about this on the last episode of I versus the big boys, but when they first started, they were kind of outcasts in a way like TV, sh- like the music channels wouldn't show their music videos there. They actually got their first. So in Korea, they do just like music shows where, the, where bands mm. just come and perform um, like, like nineties TRL basically. Um, nice. And so they were at like huge one, exposure vehicles. Yeah. So they were at one, like, I think it was an award show and they were just there and they weren't going to perform or anything. And they had not been allowed to perform really anywhere. And it just so happened that like one group dropped out and they got to perform. And I think they just have this 
charisma and I think it's so clear how well they get along and how well they perform together that people just mm-hmm. liked them so much that they like again their company was like truly bankrupt when they first started their first few years they were like bankrupt they were it was like it was just them really they, were, they have a few groups but it was really mostly them and people just became so obsessed with them and then it's truly fan driven so like I think a lot of k-pop okay. groups just have like people just people really spread out and like a lot of K-pop groups. Like my friend who first introduced me to them, she knows every member of like 15 bands, which I could never do. But with BTS, it seems like the fans became so passionate because they were like, no, it's these guys. Like these guys have to be successful because of, wow. and again, like I think they're just like, I, I don't really listen to a lot of other K-pop. I listen to what my friends send me. Like if they like a band, I'll totally listen to them. But like this to me like their music is much better than any other k-pop group i've ever tried to listen to like they Mm -hmm. they truly care so much and they and the best thing is other groups and the reason why they joined this company even though it was bankrupt and not like not even in the top five probably of the of the available companies and i know like for example jungkook who is the youngest and like i love all of them maybe the most marketable uh he had offers from the biggest companies but he picked big hit now hybe because i think what they all really liked about it was that they offered them way more freedom which is i think also why people are drawn to mm-hmm. bts is because they're not like as much as they are part of the like k-pop industry and like machine their company gives them a bit more freedom which i find attractive too because i'm like i don't it's, it's it's upsetting to me so i think i think that's why they have a little draw here because like people can kind of understand it where they're a little bit more flexible a little bit more laid back um mm-hmm. also my favorite story about the beginnings of bts is that jungkook again jungkook who's like incredibly talented um had offers from the biggest companies in k-pop and he went to big hit and he met namjoon rm and was like, this guy's amazing. I got to join this group. I got to join this company. And RM's always like, thanks, Jungkook. When you first saw me, I was in my underwear. I don't know why you, uh, the first thing you said to me was, wow, look at those thighs. Uh, and I think that's hilarious. Oh. Uh, it's my favorite fun fact about that's... BTS. Huh. Yeah. Gay as hell. Yeah. BTS gay. Okay. BTS gay confirmed. We've okay. got, uh, Kevin, I feel like maybe we <laughs> got you lost a little bit in the sauce here. Sorry, I'm uh, sorry. I, I get so passionate it's not a, it's, about them. It's not a, it's not it's a, not a put at down at all. It's not. I, I just want to make sure Kevin gets a chance to speak his mind. I just, I, I hear like, oh, and he met RM. And I was like, okay, but did he, like, who put them in the room together? Like, it's, it's just like, there's something so sinister and labyrinthine with how all of this works that I'm like, there's like secret figures in the background of all these stories that I know are getting them together that it just makes me kind of uncomfortable. I mean, K-pop as a whole is just uh, an odd duck as well because so much of the sort of th- main thrust in it from what I learned from this album from 2014 to now is uh, very much what happens in a lot of sort of like uh, Japanese music, Chinese music as, as well uh, in that, hey, uh, we're just gonna copy what black people do. Uh, let's just get that, pick that, click that. And it's interesting that BTS is, I think, one of the more vocal groups in terms of assessing that and kind of moving forward with that. I think BTS stands are very, uh, as delirious and, and psychotic as they are, they really do hold these boys to like incredibly high standards. 
yeah. to a point that is like I feel very bad for them. Uh, but there's also a level that's like okay, if you're gonna be the biggest group on earth that essentially has so much influence over people that you may as well be like a political party, then yeah, be held very accountable and be very afraid of your party. Uh, but like, there's something to like listening to this album where it's just all rap that I know they only understand half of, really. Like, when they're kind of saying all this, the random shit, like, there's this, um, in Blackpink, there's this one member, Lisa, who's doing, like, her solo career right now. And she has money. two big tracks You've right now. You've probably heard money. Yeah, spend some money. It sounds like a Cardi B track, Leftover, essentially, and it might literally be. Um, But, like, it's a very odd song, because this is, like, uh, uh, a, a boarding school girl from Thailand who has been thrust into a large, just like economic system of music, who's now talking about like throw some money on my ass, Emma, shake it, shake it. I'm like, you have nice. Have you been to a strip club? I, what is happening here? And so it's just a very weird like. Let's just put these stickers onto these guys, and we'll let them figure out the socioeconomics of it later. It helps that the immigration policies in most of Asia are so strict. There are not many people of color to really say much about it. Uh, but it's uh, it, it's definitely a weird thing in general seeing this much black culture just like run through the Ripper like it's any other like Pop 808 or something. It is truly wild with early BTS. Even earlier than this, it is hard to watch. Like they were giving them oh, no. some looks that I personally, ooh, really tough to see. I do respect them because, especially my favorite Namjoon, he, he, like, I feel like most groups like this, like, would never take any kind of accountability, but he, like, truly, he went on, they're, like, they do, like, a lives, like, they'll just go live and you watch them. It's not Instagram, but it's like that. And he went on one day and was just like, yeah, we used to do a lot of, like, really bad like racist stuff and i i apologize for that and i hope that we can move forward from that and i like thank you for calling us out and holding us accountable and that was uh not good and i love that about him uh wait so Noah and mason do you think asia is racist uh i do want to talk about the fact that uh i got to see them live uh which is very important so let's talk about the fact that i got to see them live i what was it like to see them at sofi stadium I don't know. I is Barack Obama I, that, in the building? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. I have no fucking idea. I Aya, what was it like to see them at SoFi Stadium? Um, <laughs> it was an experience I will never forget in my entire life. Um, it was so wonderful. It was so fun. It yeah. was. It was just wonderful. I don't even know what to say. Like I had the time of my life. It was. I kind of again. I spoke about this on I versus the Big Boys. If you listen, sorry. Oh my god, you shark. <laughs> Uh, it was very emotional for everyone because, you know, they haven't performed in front of an audience for like two years and they haven't performed like, like on tour in two years. Uh, and it was really unbelievable that they picked LA. It was unbelievable that they like that it happened. I kept waiting for something terrible to happen. I really did. I was like, well, I'm never going to see them. So, uh, when's the bad thing going to happen? Just have it happen. But it didn't. And I saw them. That's yeah, amazing. it was very emotional when they like came out yeah. and the screams were so loud and it felt incredible. And then they all were just like weeping on the last night because they were like, damn, um, when's yeah. this going to happen again? It will in Korea. I, but it was wonderful. I like that's one other thing that I felt listening to this album is it's just I really got the the 
like their energy. I thought their energy was so like attractive and so and some of these songs are just so like just big and anthemic and just sound like like they would be great to experience in a room full of like a hundred thousand or however many other people, you know, just just dancing and moving and, and sing along just feeling it. And I I can get I can get that i think that that's cool and it's like i know you guys recently covered a hard day's night on the show uh which is i think was kind of a back like a a backdoor way for you to actually talk about bts on your show i haven't listened to the podcast yet i'm just intuiting something here Um, you're right it was (laughs) (laughs) but i watched i didn't finish it but i watched the first um three hours of the beatles get back uh on disney plus and it was just the first time that like having lived with the Beatles music literally my whole life. Cause my parents are huge Beatles fans. Um, like just understanding like their dynamics and also like why their music was kind of a, a minor, a minor miracle. Um, and just listening to this, I was just like, it's just so boy bands and just acts that get this big and speak to this, like their current moment or whatever. They're so fascinating. I, it It's weird that they are like, Kevin made a joke earlier that, like, we are talking about an album by the greatest, you know, the biggest pop act on the planet at the moment. But I also don't, like, I don't know who our audience is. Our audience, if your audience is eight people, our audience is, is just me and Noah. Um, <laughs> so I just got to consider <laughs> that. And not even uh, me. I don't listen to the show, so it's just yeah. I'm the Yeah, and it's only when I'm editing the show that I listen to it again. Um, Noah's here but, is a pump and dump. Exactly. But I think yeah. that, like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I do, like, this being their first album, them just being, I think this is, like, kind of a good place to start and just, like, a good way to kind of get the, like, if we if our show was going to talk about any BTS album, I think it has to be the first. Not just, just because, you know, open, widen the perspectives, I guess. I don't quite know where I'm going with this. I yeah. think the album is pretty good. I think the yeah, yeah, yeah no one's giving me the affirmative that I do not know where I'm going. With that. <laughs> He's like, yeah, um, stop while you're ahead, bud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 it must be so cool to see these guys live. I guess is the point I'm getting back to. I think the music can speak to that, um, and keeping in mind everything that Kevin brought up here. It's it's a curious it's a curious artifact. Yeah. No. Well, Mace, I, I will say, I think you, you did bring up an interesting point in so far that, like, this first album, you're right, like, with how you're talking about the, like, the last half of the album, a lot of ideas thrown to the wall, uh, seeing kind of what sticks, and I guess, like, yeah. if, if you were to go down the BTS rabbit hole as Aya keeps bullying me and torturing me into doing, uh, it is interesting context to see what ended up actually staying on that wall by the time you get to Butter and uh, sure. fucking Dynamite and, and, and all that bullshit, and whatever they'll the company will make them do next you know like, yeah. so it, it is interesting to see like what's going to stick around based on what was here can we stop talking about this <laughs> no, <laughs> no you love it so much i don't believable <laughs> i am shocked that i liked it more the second time there is one song that i might return to that is embarrassed uh but yeah don't you know, I don't love this shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I don't, I don't love this. I'm not like, oh yes, 
yes! And I'm not waking up every morning, <laughs> yes! sprouting out of my BTS. bed, going, fuck yeah, I get to listen to BTS today, holy shit. No, of course <laughs> that's not. That's quite literally. That's <laughs> literally my I believe it, that's I believe that. every single day. Every, like, month, I will listen to my a uh, seven hour long playlist that's just my favorite bts tracks and um at, that is such a diseased I'm... sentence that you just said my seven hour long <laughs> playlist. i've never heard these songs before i will hear like second grade and i'll just get up from my desk and be like what have you heard this before Jesus yes you listen to it every man. day bts was your most played artist in all of 2021 uh i my, my closing my... thoughts i love <laughs> yeah. i yeah. i forgot how much i like this album i i was like I randomly decided to re-listen to it the other day, and that's why I decided to talk about it today, because I was like, wait, this actually uh, is full of my favorite songs by them. Not my favorite, but, like, it just... Uh, there's no skippable... Uh, there's, like, one skippable track on this. I'm not a big hip-hop file fan. I was like, yeah, we're gonna talk about this album. And then I listened to hip-hop file, and I was like, I can't talk about this album, actually. Um, I love 24-7 Heaven. Look here, second grade. I just think it's fun. Thanks for indulging me. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, you're yeah, you're welcome. You're actually very welcome. I'm not gonna do the fast facts, Mason, because I, <laughs> I just that's kinda, just fine by me. Yeah, so we're gonna just skip for the first for the first time ever. We're just gonna skip the fast facts <laughs> on the show. We're just gonna oh, skip that. Oh man. Um, we're just gonna move on straight to Mercedes Valuable Player and recommend. Uh, Mason, what is the Mercedes Valuable Player? I forgot. I forgot. I forgot what it is. What is it? Uh, uh, Noah. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's, it is, you, you might be surprised to learn that this is actually my favorite thing to do on the show, which is remind you, um, one of the, the recurring segments that we have on the show, which is the Mercedes Valuable Player, which is. Well, get to it, baby. Come on. We we're burning daylight over here. Single week that uh we give the mercedes valuable player award to an element of the topic of discussion a track uh a musician a vibe whatever um that you think makes the 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 album or the thing that we are discussing here it was first given out to mercedes ruel and her performances connie and married to the mob uh and we do it each week uh, in reference of her and her good work, we try to find something, or maybe a couple things. You can give out a co Mercedes Valuable Player. Amen. It's really up to the, yes, it's really up to you, whatever you want to give. So let's start with our, our guest chefs here. Kevin, I feel like yes. you're the most. <laughs> let's give it to what Kevin. Do you Kevin, like? Kevin, let's start let's us Kevin. fucking off, baby. What do you fucking like off, about this, Kevin? What do you fucking <laughs> like about this album? Kevin, come on now. Come ooh, on now. Ooh. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I'm going to shout out a track here no one brought up. I enjoyed Could You Turn Off Your Cell Phone. Yes. I... Rapping is, is, is dog shit doo-doo, but the actual melodies there are very nice. And then I, th- I would say a runner-up, 24-7 Heaven, has a nice like high C, almost like G-funk uh, rhythm to it, mixed with like the pop sensibilities of 2014. I get it. It's nice. Uh, my Mercedes Love Valuable that. Player, though, at the end of the day, has to go to the North Korean demilitarized zone uh, for go. making this entire industry possible. Thank you. Go Korea. Thanks. South Korea plays K-pop um, into North Korea. <laughs> That's wild. That's that, so weapon. On like a loudspeaker, <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. That is maybe Man. a more dangerous weapon than nukes. <laughs> in, some, in some ways. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. High five. If I had to listen right. to NCT, I'd feel the same way. Aya, what about you? Who, joke, what, or which is no your one. Mercedes? 
Yeah. Hold on. I got to play it. I got to play it because that one was for no one. I got to play that one real quick. (laughs) (laughs) You you got McDonald's fluted, motherfucker. (laughs) Someone out there is laughing their butt off at my NCT joke. (laughs) Not this Someone, but they're not listening to this podcast. (laughs) That's I guarantee you that. What about you, Aya, though? What, who, what, or which is your Mercedes Valuable Player for My Mercedes Valuable Player for Dark and Wild is uh, Jungkook, um, the youngest member of the group, because his uh, voice had not dropped yet on this album. He was like cool. 17 or 18 making this one, and his high notes just really, like his ad-libs and his high notes just really make this uh, what it is, especially in, as I said, one of my favorites is outro. Uh, do you think it makes sense? And he's just wailing on this track. And I think that they're all doing great work, but he's just, I love it. I love it. Nice. Uh, I'm going to give it to the track second grade. I think that's the one that I can most easily see myself <laughs> returning to just because it's so, um, so high energy. So poppy. So like, uh, Super, I got like that's it. That's all I gotta say about it. Super <laughs> favorite track. I don't want to go down another uh, unknown, unknown, unknowable path uh, and try to beat my thought where it is. So I'll just leave it at that. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna need your guys' help though for this next Mercedes Valuable Player. You know how like Ooh. in like high school or whatever, or maybe even in college when like people were like a name, a list of names was getting read off, and you did one single clap for each name. Yeah. I need you guys to help me with that for this because I'm going to list the Wikipedia credited producers on this. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. We'll be here for a bit. All right. Thank you. All right. The graduating class of Dark and Wild by BTS recognizes the following producers as Noah Margers, Mercedes Valuable Player, P Dog. Ah. It's P- one P- clap. We're doing, Very we're doing one clap for everything. Okay. One, 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 one. All right. One, one, one. Sugar. Yes. Slow Rabbit. Ah, Slow Rabbit's great. Su- Supreme Boy. Ah. Hitman Bang. Oh, ah. King. King. We love Hitman Bang. Sean Sh- with a W. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I apologize if I butcher this one, but I believe it is Lee Ho Hyung. Ah. Great. And right. last but not least, you can't forget Simo. Ooh. Simo! As a non Korean speaker, as an English speaker, the beats are what I was mainly listening to on this. I was mainly listening to the production on this. The vocals sort of just add in. And I do this with a lot of albums, though. This is not just unique to the BTS situation where it's like the vocals and the lyrics just sort of like add a sonic layer to the overall sound, and that's, like, what I'm listening to mostly. So, got to shout out the producers on this, the credited producers. Thank you guys for playing along with that bit. I'm going to give Dark and Wild by BTS a conditional recommend. If you are a... (laughs) Before today, it would have been a do not recommend. Let's just get that out on the table. It would have been a do not recommend before the worms came in and just said, you got to re-listen to this fucking shit. Uh, conditional recommend if you are a BTS completionist huge fan and you haven't gotten to this one yet you probably just should listen to it it'll probably just make your day or if you just that's probably it actually <laughs> now that I think about it that's probably it who else I would conditionally recommend it to Embarrassed is maybe a song I'll come back to but who knows probably not Mason what about you do you recommend this shit 
on the whole, I felt these were pretty good two hours to spend listening to behind-the-scenes BTS and their 2014 debut, Dark and Wild. So I am going to give this, straight down the middle, regular old recommend. That is insane. Pretty good collection of songs here. I had a good time listening to it the two times I listened to it. I'll recommend it. Why not? Kev? I... (laughs) (laughs) Brother, I I already spend all of my life pretending to love anime more than I do to impress women. I'm not going to fucking pretend to love K-pop. That's my line. J-pop, K-pop, C-pop, I'm good. I'm no recommend for me, thanks. Good. Thank you for actually calling out what Mason was doing right there just now in the flesh. Uh, oh, I, uh, hey, 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 hey there. I, uh, do you recommend this album? Um, I will actually kind of go uh, closer to, to Noah. I'll tentatively recommend. Um, listen to other BTS first, but once you're in the hole like me, like, it's bangs, you know? Right. You're in the K-hole, the, the Korea hole. I'm in the K-hole. Quite literally. I'm very deep down the K-hole. <laughs> well, let's get into a different K-hole, death. Um, <laughs> the ultimate K-hole. <laughs> Talk about something else here. We're talking about the 1991 Albert Brooks film, Defending Your Life. Snap, 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 snap. Yes. Snap, 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 snap. Clap. Kevin, I think this was, this was, your, this was your shooting from the hip pick, right? Well, here's the thing. I, I really wanted to see if me and Aya could choose a piece of music that we both really liked that we thought was underrated. It just, it literally just did not happen. Sure. Our stars do not align in that way. They don't. But the stars do align when it comes to movies. There we and go. so Defending Your Life, this is a movie that we are both pretty big fans of. And uh, this is a shared love, Noe and Mace. Wow. There we go. Let's nice. Go, let's go. Let's oh, go. I love this. I love when friends have things that they share and like, unlike this podcast. <laughs> I, was just about to, I was just about to say, wouldn't that be amazing if that could yeah. happen <laughs> in any way, shape, or form? Um, we started with Aya last time for the history section, though, so we'll start with you, Kev. What's your history with either this movie or Albert Brooks on the whole? Albert Brooks is one of those, I would say, from what I've observed with myself and a lot of people that I know and a lot of people in our sort of age bracket is one of like the big guys of comedy that you don't exactly grow up with but once you get your guys of comedy you start seeing who they were influenced by and who they're friends with and who they really love and the common denominator in almost all of these cases is Albert Brooks is a genius Albert Brooks is one of the greatest guys to ever do it Albert Brooks is that motherfucker whereas the only thing I really knew up until a few years ago I would say I think 2015, I watched Lost in America and Real Life because I heard those two were the big ones. Uh, Real Life was cool, but Lost in America was like my shit. It was this perfect blend of just black-hearted cynicism and just burn everything to the ground while still feeling like a comfy film. Uh, and it was a, a nice change of pace from just knowing him as, oh, Finding Nemo, that, that motherfucker. Yeah. Uh, oh, and yeah. so he's Marlon, Marlin. baby. He's looking for his That's fucking wild. son. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! In in that movie, he's defending his wife. Oh, did oh, yeah. so well with that. <laughs> oh, actually, in that movie, he's defending his wife. Actually, so actually, he's defending his wife in that movie. Um, is I'll he just defending his quick. wife? I'll just play it real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, sorry to interrupt, but I had to say defending his wife. It was stupid as no, well. no, no. If you ever need, if, it's not okay to interrupt me. But if you need to interrupt me, it needs to be the McDonald's noise. Okay, I'll do that. 
You got my okay. word on that. That's okay. <laughs> you actually got my word. You actually have my word on that. And that's like you're fucked now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, but keep going. Keep uh, going. So defending your life was always one that was kind of on the back burner in terms of like the Albert Brooks, Brooks directed movies for me. Uh, and then it. I guess I don't know if it was orchestrated because of the Criterion release or if it was orchestrated because. During the thing that definitely didn't happen in 2020, everyone was just really desperately looking for blind spots in the make me feel good canon. Uh, Defending Your Life was a film that I just kept seeing pop up time and time again. Uh, and uh, I, I finally gave it a, a look-see. And uh, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, John Lasseter stole every single bit of this for basically a whole decade of movies. Very cool. Uh, and I felt very nice and warm inside when I first saw it. It's, it hasn't been a favorite for too long, but it's one of those movies where it just like... It kind of does what you want on a primal animalistic level for movies to do to you, which is it keeps you entertained, it makes you forget about pain and misery, and it actively makes pain and misery a bit more uh, tolerable. Mm -hmm. It's nice. It's the Albert Brooks way. Aya, what about you? Um, I knew nothing of Albert Brooks whatsoever. Last Christmas... For some reason, my mother insisted we watch broadcast news. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's so we, yeah. Watched, we watched broadcast news and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it was really fun. And then my friend, so this is, so, so this was like, what, maybe like May of this year, I think, or June. My friend really likes Jonah Hill. And like he, likes Jonah like, Hill. Like likes Jonah Hill. And he was programming, oh. she's a little H word for Jonah Hill. He was programming oh. an evening at the Arrow Theater, and he programmed uh, uh, Defending Your Life. I'd heard about it. I think I read somewhere that I... And I was like, this seems fascinating. I have, like, a very strange obsession with death and films about dying. Um, so this felt, like, right up my alley. I'd never seen it before. I was like, sure, let's go see Jonah Hill presenting Defending Your Life. Uh, she ended up not being able to make it. But my other friend and I went... <laughs> <laughs> time and it was it was like i don't think it was my first movie back in theaters because my first movie back in theaters was fast nine um but oh. this was my first like rep screening back in theaters after getting the vaccine um it was so exciting just to experience that kind of audience again and jonah hill's introduction was so sweet and just passionate like he just loves this movie and then he read to me what was just my favorite part, the highlight of the evening, was that he read a text from Albert Brooks where he was like, like, he was like, he had asked him, like, what he should say. And Albert Brooks was like, I'm sure you'll have the right words. Thank you so much for, like, keeping my movies alive. Thank you for watching these. And he made a joke because it was right when, like, L.A. had had, they had, like, dropped the mask mandate and then announced, wait a second, we're actually bringing the mask mandate back. And so Albert Brooks mm. was like, and if there's a mask mandate that's implemented in the middle of the movie, make sure the air conditioner is on so that people don't suffocate to death. <laughs> and then he said, uh, thanks again. Let's go for another walk sometime soon. And the idea of going on a little walk around like Westwood with Albert Brooks made my heart soar. And it was just like, it's. My review on Letterboxd was like, maybe every movie is perfect when you watch it in a big room with other people. 
because it was like to watch a new movie in theaters like I had seen F9 already again as my first return back to theaters after the pandemic. And it was just it was cool. You know, everyone was like, oh, wow, you know, we're back in movie theaters. But to see a movie that people love already in a theater for your first time after not being allowed to enjoy things with other people for a year and a half was it it did something to me I was not expecting. Uh, it 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 was more emotional than anything I've like That's any amazing. like reunion so I've nice. had was it was better than that. It was just so it was a perfect experience watching this movie. So like I feel really I don't know if like is this a good movie? I don't care. I had the perfect <laughs> time watching it, and I loved it. And I have a question well, for the group. Okay. 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 Uh-huh. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Is uh, up? Is uh-huh. uh, is Albert Brooks hot? Um. Hmm. Not mm. to me. <laughs> Not to you. Not I'm with, to me. I'm with. You know what? I'm with Rip Torn in this movie that he can wear that what's it called a tupa very well. Yes, <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. I don't. I think there's an era of Albert Brooks, the the, the taxi driver Albert Brooks, mm-hmm. that is a very dashing young Jewish gentleman. Sure, 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 sure. Real life era Albert Brooks, like yeah, SNL real life shorts. Yeah. Oh yeah, tucked in. He's looking fit. He's looking svelte. I think mm-hmm. this sort of older Brooks. It's not that he aged poorly, but he ages into like your favorite teacher. You know, there's like yes. a, a look to him that's Which not for exactly bone me down. Word. Truthfully, yeah, for some people yeah, that is the age. Yeah, word. like him on this, this newest true. season of Curb. You know, he has mm. a line delivery in that first episode that made me have to pause the show because I was laughing so hard. It's when they find out that he is a COVID hoarder, <laughs> and he comes out and they're yelling at him, and he says, "I just moved in here. This used to be a CVS." <laughs> <laughs> Kill me. Well, also, I, I just want to say I think it's it, we brought this film to you guys. Because it seems like if you look through the It's On The List canon, this type of like late 80s, early 90s, very comfy, cozy indie director to sort of like lower mid-budget comedy-leaning movie, you guys have a yeah. lot of these. And it feels we like do. this is something that would really uh, sort of tune into your guys' register. I know you guys have talked about Albert Brooks before on the pod. Uh, so I, Mason I am very about Albert Brooks before on the pod. <laughs> yeah. specifically, specifically Mason talked about Albert Brooks before yeah, it's okay. on the pod. True, true. I was in uh, Colorado, I think. I yeah. think that's so, where yeah. I was, it was a... at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was during so the purpose of Great American Road Trip phase. Yeah, for the purpose of my great lie, where I try to make you look better here. No, we. Yeah, okay. uh, you don't have to. You, you, you love real life. You love Albert Brooks. So yeah. we were yeah, hoping yeah, yeah. that maybe. This movie could have brought some joy into your guys' week. All right. Well, thank did you it bring joy into us. your guys' week? Thank did you it? for bringing some joy. Oh mm-hmm. no! What is oh, your God. what is your history with Albert Brooks before 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 we really get fucking rolling here? Oh yeah. Two thousand three. Albert Brooks is Marlin in Finding Nemo. I love the movie Finding Nemo. That's so I love wild. His pop, pop, pop. Marlin. <laughs> pop, 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 pop. Two thousand six. I am deep into my. Uh, Ebert and Roper podcast. My Ebert and Roper. I got rid of that. Pop, pop, pop. Phase. Listening to that show on podcast every single week, and they talk about this movie called Looking for Comedy in the Muslim World, directed by one 
Albert Brooks. One of the most insane titles I've ever heard in my entire life. It's anything. so ballsy. I It's such a ballsy title. I don't know how the movie is, but it's such a ballsy title. I'm going through my life in like middle school or something. And I come home one day to find my mom watching the film, looking for comedy. And watching <laughs> from DVD at the library. I don't watch it Moms with her. Moms love to watch a DVD from the library. That's <laughs> yes. one yes, thing I know. And so here, yes. yes. So maybe inspired by this viewing or maybe inspired by that. She knew that she had a budding cinephile on her hands. She recommends <laughs> this movie defending your life to me. And like I was doing at that time, I was just kind of just taking in information and discarding it. Be like, okay, sure, yeah, sounds good, whatever. A gift-giving holiday comes up, and what do I get from my mother? A DVD copy of Defending Your Life. <laughs> oh probably from the $5 bin at Walgreens or wherever. Good. Because this was, before this got the Criterion treatment this year or the year prior, um, it was a perennial, like, dot, like, bargain bin movie. For sure. I am watching the Criterion D- Blu-ray right this second. I'm I love that for you. Um, so I put it on. I'm like, I'm going to give this movie its time. My mom gave this to me as a gift. I'm going to be a good son. And I get 30 minutes into the movie before I'm bored and turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. So life is moving on. I am starting to get into high school's coming around. I'm starting to get into more movies and I'm starting to get really interested in this thing called the Criterion Collection. They have a lot of Criterion movies at my particular library. I'm a big library boy. I love the library. And I picked this Criterion Collection comedy that's in the comedy section called Broadcast News. And who is in Broadcast News? William Hurt. Albert Brooks. And that movie blew my little mind in high school. I was like, this can, these movies can, like, comedies in particular can be like this, like, kind of complicated about human life and, uh, and, and relationships and things like that. Who knew? So, again, going through, I then decide to give Defending My Life, Defending Your Life, rather, another shot, and I get 45 minutes into the movie. I get Progress, the first maturation. Judgment. Yes. I get through Richard the first Richard Linklater's boyhood. <laughs> I get through the first judgment scene, and I'm still like, maybe this movie just upsets me because I don't want to think about dying and having to defend my life <laughs> as a 15-year-old or however old I was. So then I'm in college, I'm in film school, I'm going every day onto this web, the, the website, The Dissolve, uh, and reading their write-ups, their reviews, their films of the week, and one week they have Real Life by Albert Brooks. And at that particular time, I put a lot of credence onto that particular publication's opinion and writing, so I'm like, I will sit oh, down yeah. and watch Real Life. And that movie turned the key, and I became obsessed with Albert Brooks movies. I watched... In college, I watched real life a lot. I think it was right before I moved to L.A. that I watched Lost in America for the first time. I watched Mother when it was on Netflix, uh, the movie with Debbie Reynolds, which is pretty good to my memory. Modern Romance used to be on Netflix. I watched that when I was, like, fresh to Los Angeles. And then I think the first time that I watched Defending Your Life all the way through was in August of 2018. All to get to the point that it took me three times, but I did... (laughs) Finish watching Defending Your Life in Amen. August of 2018. And you know what? My mom was right. My mom there was we right. go. <laughs> Mommy always knows. Mommy, Mommy always knows. knows. Even Daddy when wasn't she there. Don't, she do. And Mommy always knows. Daddy wasn't yes. there from uh, Goldmember. Daddy wasn't there from Goldmember. So that's my way. long-winded history. <laughs> 
with Albert Brooks's Defending Your Life. Noah, okay. do you have any particular history with this with this feature film here? Um, I have a history with Brooks and uh, this film a little bit, but mostly his other works. I first saw Albert Brooks. I begged my, we were at Costco, and I begged my mom to buy me the first season of Saturday Night Live on DVD at while okay. we were at Hell Costco. Yeah. Oh, and I was that's like, so, yeah, that's a chunky box set. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please, 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 mom, please buy me the first <laughs> season of Saturday Night Live. Shitting, crying, farting, shitting, doing pissing. everything you can to ask her to get it. Yeah, I'm fucking spelling it out in my snot on the floor <laughs> next to the free samples. Please buy me the first Flooding season. Flooding the Costco with all your liquid. Yeah, being like, is there a toilet that I can upper decker come in in this Costco? Please. <laughs> Please. And, and that's when your did. mom said yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, 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 exactly. She said, yeah, sure, I'll buy it for you. It was easy. She's like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and I remember watching some of those early episodes. I think Carlin is the first ever host of yeah. Saturday yeah. Night Live. And I remember there's little Albert Brooks films. There's one where he's sick that I remember very distinctly, and he's like going through his day sick or something like that. And I remember very specifically one with Paul Simon and Connie Hawkins, who was a basketball player in the ABA at the time that Albert Brooks directed, but I don't think is actually in. I think it was just Paul Simon and Connie Hawkins. And it just really stands out to me because I'm like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen here. And then, of course, Paul Simon gets fucking throttled by Connie Hawkins on the court. And I'm like, okay, funny, haha, very funny. Then some time goes by or whatever, see broadcast news, and I'm like, that's great. I watch Drive when I'm like in ninth grade or whatever, and I'm like, yep, mm-hmm. he's great in Drive. Yep. He's a great actor. You know, great. Love Albert Brooks as an actor. And then in college, I made the realization, oh, this guy was a filmmaker too, like more so than just these little SNL shorts. So I checked out Real Life from the Chapman Leatherby Libraries, which is maybe the greatest DVD collection at a library I've ever seen. Maybe second. I learned so much from that library. Such yes. a, an enormous resource. Amazing, amazing. And the and the Dodge Film Library has good, but it, the hours are weird, and the sexual selection isn't it good, and you can't actually browse. Um, the Burbank Public. You library have to system. answer a troll's riddles three. <laughs> yeah, you do. You have to say. Actually, you have to I fight just, the troll. You got to be like, give me, my, give me my movie, please. You got to say, please. yeah, they got to come in the upper decker of the toilet. Um, come on, man. S- sorry, 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 sorry. So I'm not. I don't actually give a shit. It's fine for me to say it. It's my fucking podcast. How about that? And so, <laughs> how about that? How about that? How about that? Actually, and so I check out Real Life from the library, and I'm pumped. Mockumentary. This guy's funny and a good actor to me, and I watch it, and I don't like it very much. And I don't know why. I can't remember exactly why I didn't like it, but I just remember this. I didn't think it was funny. It wasn't hitting for me. The jokes felt really forced. Something along, just something. Something wasn't working for me. So I'm like, oh, I don't like Albert Brooks as a filmmaker. Then one day I try watching Lost in America. 30 minutes in, click off. Don't like it. Great. I really don't like Albert Brooks as a filmmaker. Then, <laughs> then one day, <laughs> try watching Lost in America again. 35 minutes into the movie, and I'm like, yep, click, don't like it, bam, we're out of here. Then, and I'm just like anti-Albert Brooks, like in terms of like his doc, his like director work, you know, I really like him as an actor. He's amazing in Taxi Driver, he's amazing in Drive, he's amazing in Broadcast News, like the performances I've seen of him individually I think are fantastic, and he's a great actor, but I'm not a fan of his work. Then you guys, so then... As part of the L.A. month at Braindead Studios, they are showing Modern Romance. 
and they are showing it in the afternoon. It's a matinee. And that week, we are Mason, and it's on a day Mason and I are supposed to record. So I was going to actually ask Mason after this recording if we can move up the record time so that I could see Modern Romance in the theaters. And then you guys drop on us. We're watching Defending Your Life for the podcast. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, what a coincidence. I was thinking about Albert Brooks this week. That's crazy. Wow. So look I at you. look at us. Look at us. We're in sync. We're having fun. We're having a good time. I'm having, having a great time. We're having a good time. time. You're having an okay time. You're having a slightly shitty time. You know, whatever. IGN 6.7, good time. IGN wow. gives this podcast a four out of ten. And so I, <laughs> <laughs> I watch Defending Your Life for this podcast. And once again, it's not hitting for me. I don't really like Howard wow. Brooks as a filmmaker. I wow. think it comes down to that. I'm willing to be suaded differently in the future by rewatching his movies and really giving the two that I haven't seen that I'm interested in modern romance and lost in America a fair shake. But I'm not now going to ask Mason to move up the record time that Sunday so that I can go see it in theaters. I just don't care enough. So that's where I'm at with Albert Brooks. Very torn on him sort of as a entity, as a, as a, as a, as an artist, really like some things really don't like others and this movie didn't hit for me in the way that I wanted it's, it to. It's so interesting that you and Mason have very similar journeys leading up to one pivotal moment where then you guys just split off completely <laughs> in opposite directions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mason chose the dark path. He chose the cookies. Come to the dark side, we have cookies. I, <laughs> I, chose, I, ch- I chose the light side where I get a cool ass. I get a purple fucking lightsaber like Mace Windu, so shout out. Oh, nice. Yeah, bro. It's fucking sick. I'm not bringing it out now. It goes to a different school. But... Uh, <laughs> What's up? What's up? So, I know that Defending Your Life... I'm sorry. I know that Real Life is not one of your favorite movies. That is not a movie that you... you Oh, yeah. And Mason covered it on the show when I wasn't here. That's, like, part of the show history, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it does not particularly surprise me that Lost in America, you don't like either. Because I don't want to maybe read you too incorrectly, but I will just say that I have noticed that you don't, like like cynicism in your comedy too much or it's yeah um, i do find him i find him to be very smug and i don't like that that's like really what i think it comes down to for me in the albert brooks situation sure i my my and i well it's interesting you say that i think that you're you're onto something there with that but what i like about defending your life and why i am surprised that it didn't work for you is because he's kind of nicer about that kind of perspective and he's trying to like the the character of dan miller in this movie it's dan miller right daniel miller yeah 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 he's realistically it's albert it's albert brooks as albert Brooks. (laughs) he's always playing albert brooks he is always but like he's always like dan miller in this movie when we meet him and even like some of his decisions in judgment city he is like kind of a materialistic indulgent kind of guy the same as many other albert brooks protagonists um but his journey is all of, like it's it, the yeah, movie it's one is of about like yeah it's about enlightenment it's it's about facing your fear it's it's about uh you how you must not fear as fear is the mind killer fear is the little death that brings total obliteration you must right. face your fear right. allow it to pass over and through you uh and when the fear is gone you will turn around and uh turn the inner <laughs> eye to see its path where the path is gone only you will remain 
It's the litany against fear. This movie is okay, um, and it's so so. Which that's, is commendable. That's just all I say. That is commendable. Like the ideas at play in this movie, and then I promise we'll let the guest talk. The ideas at play. No, in don't this let us, movie. please. This is great. Great, fine, great. We won't let you guys talk. Whatever. And so, uh, the ideas at play in this movie, I think, are great on an idea level. Like on a pure concept level, I think the movie is great. Like it is. I just don't think it stands up very well for me. For me, the execution of those ideas, it feels like they went like a quarter mile and thought they won the race in terms of like exploring some of the ideas here, you know, up until the end, up until sort of the last like 25-ish minutes of the movie after he has that conversation with the one and only Meryl Streep, who basically feels like Meryl. she's kind of playing herself here. And mm. It's kind of great, you know, she she's kind of eating things up. in this movie. She is. She is she's luminous amazing. in this movie, yeah. So... Well, That's kind of where I'm I, at with the, which is with that is that I think that the ideas are present and they're there, but to me, it doesn't really, f- the movie doesn't really feel like it gets going in sort of this like, oh shit level until the end. Like it's a case of a little too late for me, a little too little too late for me. I mean, I feel you. That is literally how it goes. Like yeah. the last 25 minutes is when you actually have a bit of conflict kicked in. Like there's the existential worry of what is this judgment ultimately going to pan out to? Right. Like, you kind of know there's a lot of rules that you have to take in to the point where you kind of stop forgetting. It's like, is this going to be a reincarnation thing? Is this like whether Albert Brooks goes to hell? Like, there's a there's a big dark tunnel at the end of this venture that is sort of looming threat. And then it feels a little more manageable once you get like, ah, oh, Meryl Streep, don't go on the train. Oh no. Yeah. Um. Because but everything before that, it's very much like how they're like comedians, comedians. This is almost I feel like a screenwriter's screenplay in that Albert Brooks kind of pulls the the trick card of just being like, okay, I'm going to do a high concept comedy that's literally just about writing a story. Like this is a movie all about how I wrote the screenplay to this film. And in many ways, it's kind of like a really, it's, it's a very precise uh, dissection of one man's work in a work itself. But it's also kind of like tip of the hat I cheated you guys. This was the easiest thing I could have possibly written. I just blogged for a little bit, you know? So, and, and it really does boil down. Like, if you are describing Albert Brooks as being, like, a smug comedian, the movie where he basically does the, okay, here's my writing workshop, I understand, that's probably not going to hit. Yep. Yeah. And I think that that is what it comes down to because I think there's some amazing conceptual choices being made in this film. The idea of having Judgment City look like Orange County, you know, and was legitimately shot in Orange County, was shot in, like, Fountain Valley and, like, parts of Irvine and stuff. Like, great. I'm so on board that, like, this purgatory looks like the suburbs, <laughs> you know, for lack of a better term. Yeah. yeah. That's like, a your dream choice. meal is just a greasy egg and cheese like omelet, omelet, and that's, like, the best meal you could imagine in, in, in purgatory. Yeah, I think there's some great ideas being thrown around in this movie, to me, they just feel a little lackadaisical in the execution of those things until the end. Uh, I, I, what do you? How do you feel about this movie? Where, where are you at with defending your life? Um, I yeah. understand all. It's one of those movies where I understand all criticism of it. Like, why do they love each other? They don't even have anything in common. I'm like, um, you're the two hottest people in Purgatory. 
what else do you need? How, yeah, yeah. People fall in love on cruise ships all the time. All the time. <laughs> like, I, like I saw one review that was like, what is like, what is even drawing them together? I was like, they, they're dead. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah. like they a race young. to a finish that they don't know is at the, what's at the end. Like, yeah, why not? It's like, it's the same reason kids get together at summer camp. Exactly. Like, <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I, I get like. I get, I get all the criticism. I get it. I can see it all, but I love it. I love a movie that's just like a simple take. It's like, what if you just live, like, what if Purgatory was Orange County and you just had to uh, defend? It's like so dark. What if you had to defend all of your choices in your life that led you to dying early? Uh, And uh, that's your, that's just how it goes. Like you have to sit there and it all depends on the lawyer you get all the stuff. It's so many things that could be so like complexly like broken down, but I don't care. I just want to watch it happen. I want to watch these two attractive people fall in love. That sequence where they see themselves in like former lives is uh, a little tough. Doesn't super age great, but (laughs) the rest of it is just so silly and fun. And I, uh, it's just silly. I don't know. I love it. I think it's so silly. <laughs> if well, I recommended Mace, this to a person, I'd be like, "Get you're in for a silly treat. <laughs> yeah. Mace, I-, I do appreciate you trying to walk Noah off the ledge a bit. Because you're right. I was a little surprised that, like, this is his his lighter film, other than the film where, like, Debbie Reynolds, like, butt fucks him or something. But, Ooh. like, this one is a yeah. really, it-, it has that sweetness to it in that, this the movie is about all these souls being comforted so they can go through this like uh, bureaucratic process as peacefully mm-hmm. as possible. Uh, yeah. But I think it's also in terms of all the movies where Albert Brooks says, "I hate the United States of America." I think this is one of the more skillfully attuned ones, where in like observing all of our comforts and like what is this because this version of like purgatory that I love so much is that it's not all of purgatory. Like this handles. Yeah like 50,000 American deaths. Like this is yeah. like a population of 50,000. There are other purgatories that may have different makeups, different whatevers, but it's this one that is looks like Orlando, Florida. That is the one that is mm-hmm. ideal for Americans in the afterlife. And it's just, there's, well, you know, Americans a lot of the from the West jokes. Coast. And the, yes, Americans from the West Coast. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's like a really like sly and also, yeah, a bit smug uh, evisceration of just like, even Americans in death are the tackiest, schlubbiest motherfuckers <laughs> who yeah. only want the dark hallways of, of like the Weston Best Hills Villa and nice little uh, Denny's Diners. Yeah. I mean, like, what I like about this movie is that it's like kind of actively like interrogating and letting the audience decide if they actually like this this Albert Brooks character and this sort of Albert Brooks character archetype, you know, like this is so interesting that it's like, maybe there's like a writer sort of exercise element to it. I, 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 I see that that's, that's fine. That doesn't particularly bug me or give like, make it knock points against it. Um, just because like, I, I just like the idea of this investigation of this, this man's soul. And also like that this, I think that this movie also is like kind of, it's the thing with Albert Brooks characters is they don't even know their own soul. Like they're using like the sort of um, uh, uh, that's the thing that this movie made me realize. And that's, I think a thing that I like about those movies is that, or his, his work as a writer and director up to, up to this point is like, he's making movies about um, very like wealthy American 
men who have something uh, that just don't realize that something is missing in the center of their chest. <laughs> like they just don't realize that they are like without a soul. And this is the mo- like this is a movie where he like puts that guy like in a room where he has to watch either the best or the worst moments of his life and be told by people who are by beings that are using so much brain power that we can't even like, apparently we little, uh, we humans can't comprehend it using 50% of their brains when most humans use at most 5%, which I think is a great little, um, uh, uh, great little, little element of this, but just like the idea of this, this guy and this character, this archetype having to look back on his life and then just, be told by by God or this like bureaucratic body that he need like he lived his life with fear, like driven by fear, um, or not. And if he's not, he gets to ascend. If he does, if he is driven by fear, he has to go and, and try again. I like the world around it. I like and honestly, like I think that I Brooks is really Brooks and Streep are really, really good in this movie. And the fact that they don't have like anything in common or whatever, like I'm with you guys, they're attractive people. They're dead. (laughs) What else are they going to, what else are they going to do? But I think that they like sell that, like kind of that, like easy attraction that you can just, that just is, it's so rare and God, God help us. If we ever find it, find it for real, you know, like just, just this very easy attraction that just is it's Meryl Streep's character puts it best where it's like, I worked my entire life and finally something feels. It's true. That is, that is actually an idea of heaven to me. I get so frustrated when people complain about like about that in a movie where I'm like, yes, I understand. Like you want to have things in common with your partner, but it's like, sometimes you just like someone's vibe. And he's funny and she's awesome. Like, cool. It's a uh, funny guy, BF, awesome girl, GF. Mm-hmm. Funny, yeah. awesome girl, GF. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> she is She is like the shot. I think he fucking sucks. Fuck him. I think that she is so awesome in this, like just as like a watchable thing. And it's not that they okay, don't Okay, have... white knight Noah. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck off. Just shut the fuck up, dude. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it's not my, the problem that like, oh, they don't have anything in common. It's that why the fuck would she ever like him? She's clearly so much cooler and better. I think she than sees he is. something in him. I think she sees something. I in don't him. see it. Like, I, think I don't. I can't see it as. I can't see it as Noah M watching the movie. I'm sorry. He also has like no competition, really. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, he, he they they got stuck in the senior citizen department. They did. That's only old people around them. And, and I, then the uh, guy who made all nude. Sorry, I didn't give my answer uh, before, but I know. I don't think he's anything to shake your fist at. I think he's kind of cute. Ooh. I think wow. Albert Brooks. Uh, he looks great in the tupa. He does look great in the tupa. I think he uh, he has something. He brings something to the table. Is he like the hottest guy in the world? No. Is he as hot as Meryl Streep in this movie? No. But I think. But if you were not, dead. If you were dead, this guy's nice and paying attention to you. <laughs> Fine. <Yeah. laughs> Can't get with it. Sorry. Sorry. I think it sucks. You know, I was like, like going to K-word myself so that could be me. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. K-word myself. Come on now. Come on now. K-word myself. Celebrate uh, yourself. That's what she meant. K-word. Okay. Calibrate. <laughs> I'm going to calibrate myself so that I can upper decker come in the toilet. No. There we go. There he is. There he is. Um... Rip Torn is great. 
as always. Great actor. Mm. Mm. The guy who uh, is in the diner or is at the restaurant and he's like, I made my millions in adult magazines or whatever. What is that actor's name? Do you guys know who I'm talking about? I, I, who, is he who we think he is? Because I thought I, he's not the guy from Buckets, right? What's Buckets? No, that's not. Uh, uh, I think Ken... the Zach Galifianakis clown show. Oh, oh okay. Oh, you're thinking of Louis Anderson. Is I'm thinking, thinking of Louis. Of, right? It looks uh, a lot like Louis Anderson. I'm always like, is that? It's, no, it's not, not Louis Anderson, no. Is it Ken Thorley? Oh. Is that who it is? Yeah, Ken Thorley. His top four on IMDb is Men in Black. He was the Zappa man. He, okay. uh, it looks like he had a recurring role on Star Trek The Next Generation. He was in this movie in 93 called Ghost in the Machine and was patient number one on Becker. But he is also, wow. his most recent credit from 2004 he was the judge in the Carpool Lane episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Nice. Nice. Okay. The classic Carpool Lane F. Love wow. that. I episode. think that was the one. Yeah, I think that was the one that like they filmed at the Dodger game and yes. they had to show an evidence for some guys. It was. <laughs> Murder case. Yes. Yeah. 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 And it's he brings the prostitute in the Carpool Lane with him. Classic episode. Classic bit. Let's get Larry David that, in yeah. there. Let's get Larry, Let's get Larry David, David in there. In there. Yeah. Let's get him in. in. Let's get him in there. Come on. He uh, fits right Ken, in. Ken Thorley is my Zevon. He gets my Zevon award for this episode. I thought he was so fucking good in the one scene that he was in. Give him my Zevon. Very fun. He was really good. Yeah. Love him. What else? Anything else we like about this? Or should we do some fast facts? Kind of rules. Uh, I, just, I like. I, yeah, this movie rules. I okay. like the whole thing. I mean, that's just that's. I I really do. I I like the whole thing. So you either yeah, like Howard Brooks or you don't. Yeah, you really that that's the thing with Albert Brooks. It's it's real hot and cold. And it's always kind of been that way. Like in 1975, he has his album A Star Is Bought, and his like his comedy albums, he apparently had a really bad experience with stand up, so he just really got into like these conceptual uh it, it it almost feels like watching a vaudeville act completely auditorily. It's it's interesting how he goes about it, but it's also like I understand if someone would fucking hate this. Like it is just yeah. digestible enough where you can't really be angry at it, but there's it's I mean it's it's him, you know, like he, him in broadcast news is kind of like an obnoxious fucking idiot and who's very charming and funny time to time. It's a real your mileage may vary on whether those times where he is very funny and charming can make up for every other moment of his existence. But like, sure. yeah, he, he's, he's got that persona. And I just think that him as just a filmmaker is a lot more complex than a lot of his films put on. Just when Mason was bringing up just the panel uh, of like judges all throughout this film, the movie kind of has like this Iranian new wave quality where we are, there are three people, this is a movie about watching movies, basically. You know, you have Albert Brooks watching his own movie. You have the judges watching the movie that of his life, of them trying to figure out what their judgment is at the end for this mortal being. And then ultimately we are the third party watching the movie, whereas... I get to the end of it, and I'm really happy that Meryl and Albert can go into the reincarnation process together. Noah comes in as an just act, just as active part of this experiment, where he's like, "Fuck that guy." Meryl's gonna live in suffering and misery for the rest <laughs> of her 17 lives. Yeah. And I think that's like a really interesting component at the end of the yeah. day to this. That's more than just, "Oh, do you think it's a happy ending or a sad ending?" Like, there's a lot of meta qualities to it in terms of how we are perceiving what is happening on the screen. All the while, I'm, you know, having a nice time laughing at omelet jokes and, and Vegas comedians. 
I like the green. end of this movie. The end of this movie is good. The last 25 minutes are good. All right, fast facts. Here we go. Defending <laughs> Your Life is a 1991 American romantic comedy fantasy film about a man who finds himself on trial in the afterlife where proceedings examine his lifelong fears to determine if he will yet be will be yet again reincarnated on Earth. Written, directed, and starring Albert Brooks. The film also stars Meryl Streep, Rip Torn, Lee Grant, and Buck Henry. Wow, what do you know? Wow. Brooks worked on the story for over two years. Quote, I wanted the equation to be a non-religious, non-heaven-like afterlife, he said. And I think the most interesting thing about the movie is what it says about Earth. Did you guys hear that crazy-ass noise that just went by? That was fucking crazy. Uh, Wow. Wow. Self-examination got a bad rap with all the yuppies turning inward. I think it's an important thing to do, end quote. An early draft of the script included a different ending where Daniel is sent back as a horse but Brooks found himself (laughs) gradually drawn into the love story aspect of the plot and rewrote it accordingly. Streep was announced for the... I know, fucking stupid. Come back as a fucking horse. Uh, Bucking Buck Henry Henry in the fucking jaw at the very end of the movie. Yeehaw! Destroyed. Streep was announced for the cast in November 1989. Brooks explained, quote, I'm friends with Carrie Fisher, and they worked together on postcards from The Edge, and we had dinner. Meryl joked and said, is there a part for me? I said, yeah, right. I never would have thought of her because I thought she was so unapproachable, but she's remarkably approachable. She's so average, it's ridiculous. And so funny. (laughs) Brooks rewrote the part for Streep. That's crazy that he was able to get Streep just because he's just like, you would never do the movie, and she's like, actually, I would do the movie. (laughs) <laughs> just like so actually hang out with well, Meryl. Well, that changes yeah. things. Meryl just Personally, loves a fun time. If she can take yeah, a fun time in like between it. the prestige pieces, she'll take it. She wants to get paid yeah. to have fun, Mama. Amen. Mia. Amen. Get paid to have fun. <laughs> she deserves it. She deserves it. Absolutely. Uh, She's some be scene- a great dinner host. Yeah. Uh, yes. Some scenes were shot at Mile Square Park in Fountain Valley, like I said, a suburb of Orange County, as well as Irvine and Anaheim. Let's get some, let's get some fucking snaps yeah, in the chat for Yeah, I love that. Orange no. County. Love that. Uh, in, a set, in a scene set in a comedy club, a terrible comedian performs a roast-style comedy act. This comedian asks Daniel, Albert Brooks, how Daniel died. He says, on stage, like you. Daniel later jokes that he can't leave before the end of the act because the guy on stage is his father. No kidding. Quote, uh, no, I'm kidding. That would be sad for me. The entire interaction is dark and an elaborate in-joke. Brooks's father, Harry Park, actually was a comedian who died on stage at the Friars Club just after he finished a roast-style comedy routine. That is fucking crazy. That is insane. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. That right does explain, there. yeah, ultimately, like, why Ari Aster writes the liner notes for the criterion of this movie. <laughs> like, there is, like, a lingering <laughs> darkness in the catwalks here. I... Yeah. Will want Ari Aster to do weird comedies so bad. I think he would be the perfect weird comedy director. Get rid of that. I horror think that's what shit. he's doing next. That's what that's right? next. It's Joaquin Phoenix on Disappointment Boulevard. Hell that's yeah. what he's got. I still Amen. want Ari Aster to direct Clue. I think that'd be fun. Yo, that would be crazy. Now we're talking, Aya. Now we're talking. One of my dreams. Um, the CDs Daniel receives for his birthday are "End of Innocence" by Don Henley. James Taylor's Greatest Hits, 1999 by Prince, the Broadway album by Barbara Streisand, and Shooting <laughs> Rubber Bands at the Stars by Edie Brickell and the New Bohemians. What do you guys think of those tunes? I only know I two of those albums. I don't I think that's a them. perfect selection. It's a perfect selection for that character to have. It's very Patrick Bateman adjacent. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Similar to two, <laughs> the love, <laughs> similar to 
the love his Lost in America character has for Easy Rider. Albert Brooks wanted a star from that film to play Bob Diamond originally. He first offered the role to Dennis Hopper, who passed due to scheduling conflicts. Jack Nicholson was then offered the part, but was also unavailable. He remembered Rip Torn was offered the role in Easy Rider, ultimately played by Nicholson before being fired for apparently pulling a mm. knife on Hopper, <laughs> who also directed Yo! the film, so he ultimately offered the film uh, the part to Rip Torn. That's crazy, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Hero. There's some crazy fast facts for defending your life. Should have <laughs> fucking stabbed that bitch. Hell yeah. Insane. Last but not least, Variety called this movie a, quote, inventive and wild bit of whimsy in which Brooks has, quote, little fun with the Lilium idea of being judged in a fanciful afterlife, but he doesn't carry his conceit nearly far enough. Raj Eeb called it, quote, funny in a warm... Raj Eeb called it, quote, funny in a warm, fuzzy way and a film with a splendidly satisfactory ending, which is unusual for an Albert Brooks film. New York Times called it, quote, the most perceptive and convincing among a recent spat of Carpe Diem films, a reference to Dead Poet Society, Field of Dreams, and Ghost. I will be giving my Mercedes Valuable Player Award. I need your guys' help again. I'm going to be giving it to an entire department on this one. Oh, boy. Okay. Not every single person in the department, but just the key figures in that department. And that is the art department on this film. I love the Mm. way that Judgment City is conceived. Mm -hmm. I think it's awesome. I love that just sort of as a concept and as an idea that Judgment City, like we said, looks like Orange County, looks like the fucking business park in the suburbs. So without further ado, I will need one single clap after these three people's names. Production designer, Ira Random. Thank you. Art director Richard Reynolds. Thank you. And set director, Linda DeSina. Nice. Yeah. Good for her. Hell yeah. Love that. And this gets a conditional recommend for me. If you haven't seen it and you like Brooks, you'll love it. If you haven't seen it and you don't like Brooks, don't watch it. Mace? Would you believe I was going to give my Mercedes Valuable Player to the exact same people that you gave your Mercedes? Let's fucking <laughs> Amazing. Um, so... I will I will expand my Mercedes Valuable Player. I will um, include also uh, Deborah Lynn Scott, the costume designer. Uh, tremendous tupas in this movie. Uh, and I will also include the man who shot this film, Alan Davio. It's Davio? a great I'm choice. Not sure. Incredible choice. This movie looks incredible. There's some shots of like the, the past life pavilion at like sunset that just made me go, ooh, I love it. And I look when that shot happened, I opened up my phone to see who shot this movie. Uh, yep. And w- <laughs> this guy was Spielberg's guy until uh, I think uh, Schindler's List when he worked with um, Janusz Kaminski Janusz for the first Kaminski. time. Yeah. Janusz Kaminski, Columbia College, Chicago alumni. Uh, Alan Davio apparent, uh, unfortunately passed away in 2020, April 15th. Um, so RIP to him. He got a, a, a tremendous body of work underneath him. Yeah. I am giving this a full recommend. I think that this movie is Brooks's by far most approachable work. I think it's also maybe the uh, um, or the Rosetta Stone for how to view like his past work. And I think like how he feels about his 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 characters and, and things like that. I, I really do adore this movie um, with my whole heart. It makes me feel so nice and warm and comforted and doesn't make me scared about uh, dying or the afterlife because if I get a chance to meet Meryl Streep or Meryl Streep kind of, kind Come of person on. in the afterlife. <laughs> I would have loved to have met my Meryl Streep in this life, but if, if it has to happen in the afterlife, we'll, we'll get You just have to calibrate movie. yourself, buddy. 
I'll just have to calibrate myself. I'll just have to def I'll have to do good in this life so I can ride the fucking train with her. I don't have to run across the tracks. Mason, uh, Mason's defending your life will be going on for months. <laughs> his, his defending your life trial will be like the OJ trial but for Judgment City. <laughs> just fucking just 12 jurors sequestered in the Continental Hotel being like, we haven't seen the always rising sun in days, in years. The Macy Anthony so trial. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh boy, the Eminem trial, Mason McGuire. There we go, the Eminem trial. Um, ah, yeah. Mercedes valuable player, and do you recommend this movie? Uh, big recommend for me. Uh, big recommend, big rec, big fave. Love this movie. Uh, Mercedes valuable player, Rip Torn. What a performance! Made nice. me yeah. laugh. So good, and he looks good in this movie. Yeah. I'll say it. Up. He's kind of nice with it. He's kind of handsome in this. Yeah. Great name, too. One of the all-time greatest names. Rip, Rip Torn. Torn. Rest Isn't in peace forever. Rip Torn Jr., too? No way. <laughs> no he might way. Actually yeah, be. yeah he's, his, his, full, his full given name is Elmore Rual Torn Jr. Oh, yeah. Elmore Rual Rip Torn Jr. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. This is what it is. Elmore Rual Torn Jr. was born on February 6, 1931 in Temple, Texas, the son of Elmore Rual Tiger Torn Sr. So Rick <laughs> he's, he's, Tiger Torn. These all Tiger sound Torn. like Confederate generals. This is and they crazy. Are. Yes. <laughs> they are. Uh, Kev, last but not least, Mercedes Valuable Player, and do you recommend this picture? Uh, I'm going to give it a full recommend. I, I do think that there's just so much uh, to enjoy here on a base level, and then if you are... This, this has shit for the people that want a nice Sunday morning comfort. This shit has something for the film theory geeks that have no life. This shit has something for the atheists, the Christians, the Muslims. It's got a little bit of something for everyone to at least get poked by. And ultimately, you know, I, I love this concept of, of having a lot of your ideals questioned in the most safe and nice setting possible. And uh, yeah. it's definitely not an easy feat, which is why I would say my Mercedes Valuable Player, I would have to give it the all-ever-loving, most boring answer of the bunch, Albert Brooks serving the uh, in the directing chair, in the leading acting chair, yes, and in the writing chair, getting in his mm -hmm. Jock Tati bag, baby. That is my man, Albert Brooks. If you don't like Albert Brooks, you're anti-Semitic. Or you're me and happen to be Jewish, so there you go. <gasps> Uh, it's still possible. Ooh. Still possible. I guess that's true, but it's okay when it's me. <laughs> I guess at that regard. In that. When are you getting Ben Shapiro on the podcast? Uh, that's when I leave. So anytime after. Oh, he's the replacement. He's did I just spoil? Yeah, yeah, you did. Did <laughs> I leak? Yeah, you leaked, bro. You're leaking all over the place, and not in the Jai Paul way that we had last week. You're just the bad kind of leak <laughs> right now. That's oh fucked. fuck. Sorry, Mace. I'm so sorry. I I had a feeling from how you looked, but I I, I just I I have the benefit of a doubt here that. All right, I'm, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. And on that note, <laughs> I got one. I Come got on. one. Hi, <laughs> right, Kevin. Thank you guys so much for joining us on It's on Thank the List, you, the boys. podcast about. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. This is so fun. I'm Fine. glad you guys were on. This is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> Thank we know you, you know. so much. This is awesome. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> I love that, though. Uh, you guys can plug anything you want to plug. Floor is yours. Plug away. I go for it. You know the rigmarole. You do oh, so well. Oh, my goodness. Um, please. Uh, 
Oh, Jesus, fuck. Let's go. Come email on. Us, email us to iversus the big boys at gmail.com. Please listen to our podcast. It's available to stream on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you pick get your freaking little freaky little podcast. Um, please stream uh BTS. <laughs> okay. All right. That's all I got. That's all I got, Kev. What you got? Uh, yeah, listen to the pod. You can find us on our socials. We plug it everywhere on the pod, so we'll, we'll keep it short and sweet. And, you know, the holiday season's popping up. Look into your local food banks, uh, local gift drives. My mom grew up in the projects, and her early Christmases were all, uh, she was, all the presents were just because of those shits that you put in those uh, baskets uh, for just mm-hmm. the free toys that you give away. Uh, they do actually go to kids, uh, so have a nice holiday season, baby. Amazing. Nice. You can email us, everybody wants to, the number two, get on the list at gmail.com, like the anonymous, beautiful Alan Arkin did at the beginning of the show, if you can remember back that far. Wow. Uh, Callback. Hey, you know, he's a good guy. Comedy. I like to to shout him out. Uh, You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. It's on the list pod on Twitter. It's on underscore the list on Instagram. We update you every week on what we're going to be talking about on Fridays when the show comes out. That's cool. You can follow me, Twitter and Instagram, whatever. You guys know what the fuck to do at this point. My favorite hiatus. Fuck. My fuck. Come on. (laughs) God fucking damn it. Fuck this. Fuck my life. (laughs) FML. I said the wrong name of the podcast that I don't do right now. Fuck my life. That's the post. Uh, My favorite podcast is on hiatus, but check out the back catalog. Was thinking about it this week, so I'll plug it as sort of the, the spotlighted episode uh that you can go back and plug i believe it's episode 14 talking to my dear friend who lives in new york now thomas Serdarian, about one God of his favorite him. spots norm's yes. diner yeah it is one of the greatest of all podcast one of the greatest Hell recorded podcasts yeah. of all time insane episode it's yeah it's it's crazy I've, if you haven't heard it go listen to it if you've heard it and not in a while it is fun to listen to and i know i'm biased but like that episode is a trip. That episode is a true trip. I can't believe that that's like on a waveform, like out for people to listen to in the sense <laughs> at a certain level. So that's it. That's all I got for plugs. Uh, oh, actually, I'll plug one more thing. Plug one more thing. Wrote a new short story. You can read it on my WordPress. Hey. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Let's Mace. go. You can find me on my other podcast, The Barna Podcast, about The Shield. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at HotDogDebicki on Letterboxd under my name or at the uh, movie theaters in Chicago trying to see as many end-of-the-year stuff as I can muster and afford while I am still temping and figuring out what I'm going to do with my professional life. Love to see it, defending my professional life. Um, I think that about does it for me. Um, Folks, we will end the show as we do every week by saying, tell someone you love them this week, do something that you love this week, and we will see you all next week. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Bye. Yay.